Welcome to Nimmin Live, the number one place on the internet to learn about YouTube, network with other content creators, and have an awesome time doing it. My name is Nick, and today we're answering your YouTube questions. But before we talk about any of that, today I am joined by my brother from the same mother, D. What's going on? I'm going to answer all the YouTube questions today. Yep, he's answering them all today. Every so, one of them. Yep, so I'm sitting over here controlling <laughs> stuff, and then D is going to be the one answering the uh, questions today during today's stream. How's everybody doing? Hope everybody's doing fantastic. If you just want to drop into the chat where you are watching from, Roger Wakefield in the house. What's going on, my man? Hope you're doing fantastic. Yellow Shirt Dad, nice to see you here. Mark's Craft Channel, nice to see you here as well. Jerry, Pop Andre, what's up, dude? Hope you are doing fantastic. Chantel, nice to see you in here. Doug, hope you're doing great. Little Miss Curls, hope that you are doing awesome. I sent you the screenshot of the actor playing the Viking who kind of looks like Roger. Remember the screenshot? Yes, I do. Yes it or no? It looks like Roger. Right. Yes, it does look like Roger. Yeah. Without question. <laughs> I think I still have that, and if so, I'm going to put it up on the camera here. <laughs> How we got here? Genealogy, what's going on? I hope you are doing fantastic, Brian. Ron's trains and things in the house. Hope you're doing hey. great, Ron. So um, as we are getting started today, um, I do want to let everybody know that today's stream is brought to you by TubeBuddy, which is the number one tool for YouTube content creators. TubeBuddy will help you optimize your videos for discovery, help you test your thumbnails to make sure that the thumbnails that you're making are effective for the audience that you are trying to reach. They have all kinds of different tools that will help you with your workflow. They even have a new tool that helps you identify places in your videos that you can cut out for shorts as well, which is pretty cool. So you can try out TubeBuddy and see some of these features at TubeBuddy.com slash Nimmin. And of course, I have a link to that down in the description. And this stream is co-brought to you by StreamYard, which is the live streaming tool that we use to stream this every single Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. And the reason that we use StreamYard, why do we use StreamYard, D? Well, I don't know, because you covered me up with the graphic. Oh, so. sorry. Sorry. Leo, let me take that down. Go. There we go. There we go. First of all, you messed up the TubeBuddy thing. I was winding up. I was winding up, and we've done this oh, for I three have you years. Oh, I covered there, too. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah covered with the graphic. Me. So you compl- <laughs> nice. My wind-up was useless. So anyway, we use StreamYard because it's easy. It's easy to use. It's easy to bring on um, guests. They hold your stream open for you in the cloud, so if you have any like tech problems or anything like that, it makes it really easy to keep your stream going to where you don't lose your audience. If you have any types of internet or connectivity problems or any tech issues, it keeps all of that open. You can add graphics to the screen like you were seeing a second ago. You can add videos, all kinds of really cool stuff. But one that's really, really awesome for a lot of people is that you have the ability to um, to bring guests on as well with just a few clicks. And they don't need a YouTube account to join your stream, which is another bonus. So um, you can try that out at StreamYard.com. Or of course, I got a link to them down in the description as well. So but the main reason is their mugs are amazing. Is their mugs are amazing. Yes. Yeah, I need to bring one of my I mugs over. I got, I think, three or four of those. So I need to bring, uh, I need to bring one mug over here just for, uh, just for, for some live stream sipping. You are duckless. Yep, I am. You are duckless. We got the nice mallard duck here on I had the shirt the last week. Cup. That's right. <laughs> so um, as we get started today, um, I just want to welcome everybody to the stream. If this is your first time here, please just go ahead and just let me know in the chat. I'm just curious to know, you know, who's here for the very first time. Um, and for those of you that are new, how this whole thing works is I. I have a form that is down in the description of this stream right now. And all you have to do is put your question in that form and I answer them in the order that they are received. Now, last week, because we kept up a really good pace last week, um, we were able to get through every single question in the form. So if you got a question, get it in there because if you can get it in there now, it's going to get answered on the stream today. So if you have any questions, make sure you get them into that form. And I'm all actually right. going to start right now Hold on. with the very first question after Hold D on. finishes whatever D's doing right now. I've, I've got to put this up to the camera here. Oh, is that the Viking? Look at this guy. Let me let me get to, let me let me focus. Hide oh, behind come it. on, come on. I think we have manual focus on, don't we? 
Nope, there it is. Oh, okay. Roger Wakefield is a as a Viking, ladies and gentlemen. This guy doesn't have hair either. Can you get any closer? Uh, Can you get any closer? He's gonna Almost. Yeah, yeah, there he goes. He's coming. To, <laughs> this is how the plumber enters your bathroom to fix the toilet. Right <laughs> Love he you, comes Roger. In, yeah, he Love comes you, in buddy. like ready to slay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, buddy. <laughs> Danielle from Tube Spanner, thank you for the super chat. Says, I'm starting a new channel where I identify different uh, tequila while blindfolded. It's called A Shot in the Dark. Nice, 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 nice. Uh, I, I like the squeeze in there to make it YouTube relevant with the starting a new channel. <laughs> there we go. Nice. <laughs> Paul Peck, what's going on, man? I hope you're doing fantastic. Hey. So the very first question that we have today um, is from uh, Greenlight Africa. In Greenlight Africa, um, they upload when they have time. They've been on YouTube for a year or more. Um, the type of channel that they have is construction projects, and the goal of the channel is to make money. And the question is, hey, Nick, tell me five things you learned from your video that hit 2.5 million views. Um, is getting a million views luck-based? So um, for that particular video that's happened so long ago that I'm not sure. I'd have to like look at my notes and stuff. Pick but, one. But one, one thing. thing. Um, that audience retention can be deceiving. Oh, yes. Um, and the reason for that is because that particular video, there's one thing that stands out about it. And when the video first starts, the audience retention takes, you know, a pretty heavy, um, pretty heavy hit. But then... Um, it has this huge spike, like a little bit later in the video, and then it starts tapering down from there. So it's a really interesting pattern in the audience retention report. Um, and I was surprised because initially, when I first published that video, I did an entire series around um, mobile content creators. And when I first published those videos, they tanked. They were like the worst videos on my channel. Nobody responded to them. I thought it was a horrible idea after that. I was like, man, I shouldn't even have done these videos as a waste of time. You know, it's not what they're, that's not what they're enjoying. And then after a, you know, after they were sitting on YouTube for a short amount of time, uh, maybe, you know, 30 days or something like that. Then what happened is they started, is that mine? No, this is mine, but keep going. Oh, okay. What happened is, um, is it started picking up steam. And then when it started picking up steam, that became one, you know, very strong video, as you can see, you know, with the count on that um, for my uh, YouTube channel. But the, the win with that in terms of the retention being deceiving is that the viewers apparently still were satisfied enough with that video that YouTube keeps showing it to more people. But in terms of the basic, you know, flow that audience retention reports typically take, um, it showed me how important like those those spiky moments are to you know get people re-engaged and to you know just kind of you know have those moments in the video that people are either re-watch a lot and you know things like that um how powerful those can be um but in addition to that um on you know this channel Another thing that you'll see in that particular video that, you know, this will throw off a lot of new content creators because you constantly hear, you know, me and people like me who make videos, you know, about doing all this stuff. They'll say um, that, uh, you know, uh, you have to keep impressions in mind for everything, right? And with that particular video, this might sound kind of confusing, but because it has so many impressions on it, it pushes the metrics down. So, like, it pushes down the retention. It pushes down the click-through rate because it's going out in front of so many people. So, so what happens is you look at the click-through rate on that video, and I think it's, like, you know, 2% or maybe even less than 2%, but out of the impressions that it had, it's still, you know, maintaining, you know, in, in a good way. So, um, 
um, in terms of, you know, that those are just some quick details that I can remember off the top of my head. I'm sure there's more, but you know, those are some quick details. But a third thing, since we are going through, you know, I'm not going to do five, but one more thing since it's at the top of my head is it also shows that, you know, you shouldn't count videos out when you publish them and they are underperforming. Cause like I said, I walked away from an entire series of that content because it underperformed when I published it. And I thought, you know, like, Hey, they, this just isn't what they want. And, um, and it was just that, that wasn't like, they weren't the right people weren't seeing them yet. Um, that we're going to get the value out of it. But once they did start seeing it over time and those views started trickling in, YouTube got the data that it needed to show it to the people that, you know, did need that video. And then, you know, the video took off after that in terms of luck. So I, the, like when it comes to YouTube, like where you grow up, is luck um the thing like the, your your like education in like in tennessee right your your education you know in terms of you know the the way that you're taught to think might be you know part of luck to where if you would have grown up in a different you know place maybe you wouldn't have even went to school right um like, uh, like me yeah right but but like when it comes to luck the interesting thing when it comes to youtube and also pretty much everything else in life is that when you are prepared for something in terms of like okay i'm gonna learn how to do like all these different aspects of it when the right things come together, then it, it kind of facilitates that luck, right? I've also had, you know, other things that have happened, you know, on my YouTube journey that, you know, some people would see as luck, but with those particular things, if I didn't take specific actions to put those in place, then those things wouldn't have happened either. If I wouldn't have been trying to make everything as good as I possibly could have and serve, you know, the audience in the best way that I could, then those things wouldn't have happened either, right? So, you know, because of that, you know, the, the only real part of luck that I believe in when it comes to that is, you know, like where you're born and like all the information and skills that you get armed with based on, you know, that part of it. But once you enter YouTube in terms of how the system works, it's all based on how people respond. So because of that, if you have a, um, if you get a good response from your content, then, you know, your videos are going to do well. But if the audience doesn't respond well to your content compared to all of the other videos that the system thinks is a great fit for that particular viewer, then, you know, then, then they're going to prioritize the videos that are keeping those view viewers satisfied and keeping them on platform and keeping them engaged with the platform. And they're going to deprioritize the content that isn't serving that at the level that those higher, you know, videos are. So, um, so because of that, you have to, you know, do all the stuff so that, you know, when your videos do get put in front of people that you can, you know, capture their attention and you can give them a satisfactory experience. So YouTube will keep showing your content to more people. So, yeah, so this is a 2 million view video. And I want to show you how bad the audience retention is on that. Because you said audience retention can be deceiving. Look at this train wreck here, if you look at the graph. Yeah, that's it, another one with the spike, if, right? The right, spike right in the middle. Right, yeah. so if you were to look at the graph by itself without context, you might say oh, this is a terrible video, but it's over 2 million views yeah. on this video. So, yeah. Those spikes are pretty you, huge. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, let's see here. So, next up, um, we have... Um, for this next question here, we've got uh, Camp Brood is the name of the YouTube channel. That's B-R-O-O-D. They do Brood. camping and hiking um, in, um, at the national and state parks. Love it. The goal of the channel is to help others learn about creating on YouTube. And the question is, I'm ranking for search. If you have a good video, would you follow up with another one to saturate the search term with your content? If yes, is it better to go with similar search terms with each video or stack videos on the same exact term? See my most recent videos, for example. Curious if it would um, hurt the first video or help both videos. 
videos. So when you have multiple videos in YouTube search, then you're technically competing with yourself at the click rate um, or at the, you know, at the click level there. Um, and just overall performance in terms of the watch time that you're going to generate, you know, for each video. So you are competing with yourself there. Um, a better strategy for that is yes, you can absolutely own search results without question. And anybody that hits those search results, they see your content and they, you know, they're, they're picking, you know, something there. Um, however, the place where you can really win is that you already got the video place there. Like as long as you see that same thing in incognito mode and it's not just being catered to you because search results can be catered to the viewer. So as long as you see something similar in incognito mode, or maybe you're checking out through, you know, friends devices or something, and you see that, you know, you're pretty much pinned in, you know, like that top spot, then in that particular case, the best thing to do is to find another term to, to, to you know, to, to rank high for, because then instead of having it to where if one person types in that search term, they have to make the choice of picking between, you know, five of your videos, then in that case, what that does is that puts one of your videos or maybe two is a worst case scenario of your videos um, for one term. And then that spreads out all the different ways that people can find you, which then gives you a lot more opportunity across the board instead of isolating it down into, you know, that one particular, uh, that one particular topic. Great question though. Mm. Really good question. Yeah. Um, so here, so next up on our uh, list here, we've got K Skis. What's going on, K Skis? Hope you're doing great. They upload when they have time. They do gaming content. Um, the goal is to make entertaining content. And the question is, why is it the channels with bad thumbnails, titled, etc.? I'm going to let you have this one, D. Um, why is it the channels with channels with bad thumbnails, titles, etc., would get pushed out more than channels with good thumbnails, titles, etc.? For example, let's say you and D made a video about RuneScape, and let's say that you have the same amount of subscribers um, you have now. So in this RuneScape video, Nick has a bad title, bad thumbnail, no cards, no pinned comment, basically everything you tell us, um, not there. However, in D's RuneScape video, it has a clickable thumbnail, good title, pinned comment, etc. So why is it that Nick's RuneScape video would get shown more than D's RuneScape video? It wouldn't. But here, D, take this. Did you just like th throw me under the bus okay, on that? Mind. Like it wouldn't? No, never no, 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 no. Like it wouldn't. Like no, that's no, no, not no, possible saying, that my video no, could no, be better no, than yours. No, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. No, that's no, no, what no, you're no. saying. No, <laughs> that is what you're saying. That's not what I'm saying. So, Mr. 800,000 subscriber, lots of brothers, play button. Could you, so, so what no. I'm saying is. Um, no, it wouldn't. Yeah, so let me. Good. Yeah, I, let me say this first and foremost. Uh, number one, unless you're looking at the data between the two videos, you're pulling that comparison out of your bottom because you don't actually know what's going on behind the scenes. Right. Number two, YouTube could know more about the other channel's audience than they know about your audience. Number three, again, unless you, if you don't have access to the data, that video might be performing significantly better than your video is performing. Right. Even though you think it's an inferior video, it might be running circles around your video and their title, which you think might not be good, could in fact resonate more with the target audience than your titles do. So unless you're looking at the data, it's not a good idea to actually try to compare your channel with someone else's channel to figure out why they're doing something better. And there could be additional things too that you may, may not be aware of. They could be running ads. They could be getting external traffic being sent to that video. So there's lots of different reasons that could cause uh, that video to perform, but the main thing is gonna be performance uh, they've connected to the audience that you haven't connected with yet. And another thing with that too is like, um, you know, like let's say that you have, um, you know, two 
channels that publish the same video, one has more subscribers than the other, um, then let's say one's been on YouTube for longer, all that good stuff. YouTube has a ton of data on that particular channel on who to show the content right. to. Um, and if they've grown their channel, they probably have you know, a pretty good idea of like how to put things together in a way that people respond to, because if they didn't, then the channel wouldn't have grown. So because of that, um, you know, like when the video first gets published, then in that particular case, even though they might even go in front of you know the same or similar audiences, at the end of the day, like you don't want to look at the video like right after it was published because you know over the course of the next 90 days, um, D's video could come and just start smoking mine if people respond to D's video better. So just because of let's say like that first week, um, you know right. somebody else's video does better, maybe right. even the first month, that doesn't mean that long term it's going to end up doing better um, because all of that is going to be. Okay, let's do it this way. Let's say you started a, a, a channel today and you have and you have uh, just one video on your YouTube channel and you don't have any subscribers on your YouTube channel at all. And then I publish the same exact video as you. What will happen is YouTube knows who to show my videos to. They don't know who to show your videos to yet, but based on how you optimize that video, it's going to give them a good start. And then they might show them to exactly who needs to see that content. If initially, if you check in on my video, you know, over the next 24 hours, it's going to look like I'm crushing your video. But if you check back in like, you know, 30 days or 90 days on that video, maybe even six months, then if people like your video better and they respond better, then in that particular case, your video could do way better than mine. Just on your ability to make better videos than I do. So um, so it's not that, you know, a large subscriber channel automatically gets views just because they have a large channel. That's not the case. We have the same rules that a channel just starting has the same rules. So for example, if you look on my channel right now, I have um, like a video on my channel that I published, uh, I don't know, maybe a month ago, and it's just crossing like 8,000 views on it. Long term, that video will do fine, but right now it's just crossing 8,000 views. So, you know, in that particular case, you know, you might look at that and be like, oh, well, Nick has 800,000 subscribers. He should have way more than 8,000 views on that. I should, but I just didn't perform well in that particular video. So right now I'm testing thumbnails on it and, you know, tweaking some titles here and there, and I'm trying to, you know, get that video to do better. So, you know, when it comes to that sort of thing, you know, the most important part is just trying to do the best you can and thinking long-term when it comes to YouTube versus doing the comparison game between you and a channel that's more established, um, you know, right after you both publish videos. But another thing that I want to talk about there um, also that is kind of like an elephant in the room with this question because I get asked this question all the time. So one thing that that people forget is good their passwords. They forget their passwords. Well, yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. And their but, keys. But but good is based on like your your personal bias in terms yeah. of you being the person that is saying that that right. person's thumbnails and titles and videos are better than this person's thumbnails and titles or video. Um, videos are better and D touched on this too. But at the end of the day, what you got to think about is scale. Right. Because on YouTube, everything is scale in terms of, you know, tons of people having the opportunity to interact with your content. And when you are, you know, publishing your your videos and people are responding to them well, you know, they'll do great. Let me just throw an example out there. Taylor Swift. But just because, sorry, sorry, really quick, because I lost my train of thought, so I kind of killed it. I know. But, but But really quick on that, just remember mom. that you're- I'm calling mom. Just, just remember <laughs> that your personal bias, um, you know, does have an impact on how you view what it is that other people are, are doing. And that applies to all of us. Yeah. So let me just throw an example out there. And some of you are going to resonate with this. Some of you are going to fiercely disagree with me. I fiercely disagree. Taylor Swift is one of the mo most popular artists, musical artists in the world right now. She's been that way for a while. Mm -hmm. 
listening to Taylor Swift to me, as great as she is, the accomplishments that she's achieved, as catchy as her songs may be, it's nails on a chalkboard to me. Mm. Right? So the, the same thing applies to people's videos, right? Yeah. Preference. Uh, I, and I want to take this. And, and by the way, if you think Taylor Swift is nails down a chalkboard, or if you think I'm wrong, just fire off in the chat and let me know. <laughs> uh, so if you have a question, there's a link down below. It's going to open up a form. You can drop your question there. But I want to take a question out of the chat uh, because I think it's an important question. Um, so Quay says, I have a question. If you were disabled and you couldn't speak as normal and your views or your viewers can't understand what you say, how could you get your viewers to understand what you're doing. So my advice to you, and Nick, I'd love for you to fire off on this mm -hmm. as well, is to learn everything you can about how to make faceless videos. And I would really start looking into AI and see how AI can help you put videos together, even text-to-speech. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that's gonna work out monetization-wise down the road with text-to-speech, because I know some of them are really cheesy, um, but that's what I would recommend for you. There are ways to do it. You can build a channel. Look at look for faceless videos and look for text to speech and look at different AI applications to help you. And another thing with that too is um, like if if you can communicate but you mess up a lot or you stutter or something like that in a way to where you're like yeah I don't want that in a the video, then in that particular case another thing that you can do is just you know record those parts as many times as you need to in order to say just like one phrase at a time and then from there just edit the clips together so one thing you'll see a lot um, that's really popular on youtube is just like raw jump cuts and that's where you know like the person says something and then it cuts you know and it's in some cases it can be like abrupt but basically you know they just cut from you know clip to clip to clip as they are saying things i record my videos that way too to where i'll say like you know okay here's the thing that i'm going to say um and then once that's said then i stop that clip uh, maybe i'll end it on a high note or a note so then that next clip i'll bring it in you know um either matching it or opposite depending on the effect that i'm trying to go for there um, but the idea is that you know just recording in clips can really make that um, a lot more smooth of a process because then when you record a lot of clips it gives you a lot to work with and then once you get that in your editing software you can find you know the stuff that ends up working together but um if that doesn't work for you then yeah absolutely leaning on like ai and that kind of stuff like you're 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 in a prime time right now to you know be able to take advantage of those sorts of things as all of that is getting like wildly more popular and and advancing you know at light speed right now yeah there's also something to be said too and again I, I don't know what type of content you're actually making but there's something to be said about authenticity on the platform so if people are are you know if 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 they're digging what you're doing and they can't understand you when you're speaking just put subtitles on there there's plenty of apps and different yeah. services that you can use to put subtitles underneath youtube it. has them youtube even yeah. has them mm -hmm. but you know i try that like you know i don't know what your budget is i don't know what you're what it is you're trying to do but there, there are options for you and you can definitely make this happen you get a super chat yeah and really quick um circle h scuba says any way that you can um, use Streamyard to display the question when you are answering it so basically um with these questions they're pulled from a different um system i have a google form for these so because of that I can't display the question on um, screen. I mean, technically, I could like write them and then pin them and all that, but um, but yeah, it's it's, it's a little bit um, easier to um, answer them. Super Inspiration uh, Beyond Infinity, thank you for the super chat. It says IBA and Viral Boom, I'm sending y'all Saturday love. Shouting out to some buddies there. Love yep. it, love it, love Shout it, love out. it. Creepy Pasta Channel, what's going on? I hope you're doing great. iFun Chris, thank you for the super chat. Super uh, appreciate super that there. Chat. I've got heartburn rolling down here to catch up. Yeah, probably that pizza. Ooh, we had some pizza that today. Good, I've got uh, had some really good pizza and some mediocre nachos. I, yeah. I concur. 
Yeah. The Project Equestrian. Hey, welcome to the stream. Hope that you're doing fantastic. Uh, it's been a while. Says um, they do wild Mustang training and the uh, goal of the channel is to make an income stream doing something that I'm passionate about. Um, the question says, I started making YouTube videos for an audience that I thought would be interested in horse training and perhaps one day getting their wild horse to train. Um, there's actually a fairly large community that does this sort of thing, but the niche is wide open on YouTube, so I've been trying to fill a void. My videos are extremely informative on the ad adoption and training process. While I definitely have been reaching those people, I'm discovering my primary audience is actually women over 65 who seem to have no intention of training or getting a horse in the future. They seem to be there for the stories of the individual horses and often reminisce on their past experience with horses. I feel like I've been working hard to create content for the viewer. I initially had in mind that I'm considering providing um, uh, pivoting to reach the audience who continually shows up. I feel like I'm working too hard to make uh, valuable info that may be completely irrelevant to them. Any thoughts? So. Um, I want to kind of default this back onto your goal. So your goal is to make an income stream doing something that you're passionate about, which is, you know, talking about your horses and doing, you know, wild Mustang training. So if you are By initially, the way, that really cool it does me. sound cool. Wild Mustang trainer. Yeah. Yeah, hey, what so do you do hardcore. for a living? Yeah, well, wild awesome. Mustang trainer. <laughs> yeah. I break wild Mustangs. <laughs> Holy cow. That sounds awesome. But one of the things um, to... Uh, one of the things to think about there is like if if your original idea and the thing that you're actually trying to do is connect with people that are interested in like learning how to train their horses and learning, you know, and, and actually buying them in the future and things like that, then in that case, I would actually, you know, try to pivot, you know, away from the audience that's responding now and more back in the direction of that particular audience. Um, but if you're like, hey, I just I just want like the views and that's, you know, the most important thing, then in that case, you know, kind of catering towards, you know, the, the crowd that you're currently getting, but keep in mind, like the people that are watching your videos currently, um, which you know is kind of what you're expressing here, but this applies to everybody. The people that are watching your videos currently may not actually be the target people that you're trying to reach. So because of that, when you identify these types of things, that's where you kind of have to reevaluate. Like, okay, like this is this is kind of you know where my channel's at right now, but I want to I want it to be over here. So since I want it to be over here, then maybe I need to start making different types of content or packaging it differently so that you know the, the more of the right people are clicking on it or something like that. So in your case specifically, like what that would look like is I'm not sure like what your titles and stuff look like right now, but if you are, you know, writing titles about, you know, like training Mustangs and stuff, just a little detail. Um, I call this adding an audience identifier and it's where you add like, you know, four horse trainers or, you know, something yeah. like that somewhere in your title. Um, you know, like if you're trying to reach coders, excuse me, people that code, then in that case, you know, four coders, if you're trying to reach, you know, gamers, and it'd be, you know, four gamers, or, you know, um, X things, gamers, XYZ, right? That's the idea. But, you know, working those types of things in your tier titles to ensure that the right people are clicking on what it is that you're doing, which will better help teach YouTube, the, the, the people that are actually responding to what it is that you're doing once you make those types of changes. Um, so what I recommend that you do is just kind of reevaluate where you're at and think like, what is it that you're really wanting long term, because it's really easy to say, hey, this worked on my channel. So therefore, like, that's what I need to do. And typically, that's, you know, that's the recommendations that you get as well. Like, hey, this is what's working. So do more of that. But you always have to wrap that type of thing around what it is that you're trying to accomplish. So if you're, you know, trying to get in front of those other people, not these people, then in that particular case, you know, you might want to just kind of update how you're, you know, presenting the content so you can get more of the right people clicking on it. Speaking of breaking horses, have you you watched Yellowstone? No. With Kevin Costner. Really? Nope. Yellowstone. Who's watching Yellowstone? Yellowstone is fantastic. 
They've got Yellowstone and then they've got like 19, 20, so they've got like these prequels. So they have Yellowstone and then they have like two prequels that happened before Yellowstone mm. and Harrison Ford is in one of them. Oh man, great, great story. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't, uh, yeah, I haven't seen yeah, that. They break some horses in there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, just, you know, but so no. is it like a Western? Uh, well, it starts off as a Western, but uh, the modern one, Yellowstone, they're just they're in Montana. It's a horse ranch. Oh, but it's okay. kind of like a criminal horse ranch. Oh, is this the it. one that you were telling me where they're like doing all this strategic stuff to like yeah, get yeah, land from land other people and, and yeah, stuff? Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. yeah Yellowstone yeah, yeah. is a, yeah, awesome, awesome storytelling. Oh, okay, yeah. got it, got it, got yeah. it. Aaron's House of Legos. What's going on, my man? Hope you're doing fantastic. Says um, they do Lego content. The goal of the channel is to share my Lego ideas with the community. And the question is, I just want to tell you, Nick, that I got my um, live stream feature back. Had to email YouTube three different times, but they finally gave it to me back. High five, fist bump to you. Uh, happy to hear that you got your live streaming uh, ability back. That's always a win, always positive. It sucks when that stuff gets taken away for whatever reason. Legal-minded friends Karen Cole says, my daughter just landed in Thailand. Oh, nice. Awesome. Nice. Hope yeah, she's going to have a great time. Yeah, it's, it's, hot. A, uh, yeah, it's we're, hot. We're having a heat wave here right now. That's It's warmer than usual. Yeah. It's really, really, really hot right now. Yeah, our uh, smoke season this year has been really bad um, yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah, it's like the worst one that we can remember um, You know, since we've been here. Hashtag um, climate change. Yeah, hashtag <laughs> climate change, right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so she's gonna have an amazing time. So I don't know if she's been here before or not. But yeah, she's gonna have a she's gonna have a great time. Yeah, great time. Chantel says a tropical heat wave. Yeah, yeah. imagine that. Imagine yeah. a tropical right. heat wave with record setting temperatures. <laughs> it's rough. It's it, rough. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it's so hot. So our air conditioner is on the fritz, and we've been trying to get an uh, air conditioner repairman to come, and they're booked for like what two weeks yeah. solid. Mm -hmm. Like there's like a waiting list for yep. two weeks for an air conditioner repair. All yep. of them, all the aircon guys are, are booked. Mm -hmm. Crazy. So uh, Neon Light Movies says they do daily content. The um, type of channel says I make videos that are commentary on movies. The goal of the channel is to inform people about film and make them more knowledgeable about the craft. And the question is, uh, while we did talk on Twitter, and I hope you can help me, what are some ways people can avoid violating YouTube's uh, spam, scams, and deceptive content? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I know you. Um, uh, deceptive content policies that their channel doesn't get similarly um and permanently suspended like mine did hoping the permanently doesn't stick thank you so um so when it comes to um you know avoiding those types of things the very first thing that all content creators should do is just read through the community guidelines um because there's some things that if you are looking at videos on youtube like i'll just call them out so um as an example like tag stuffing a lot of content creators will tag stuff or they'll keyword stuff their videos. Now, tag stuffing is different than putting hashtags in your descriptions. Hashtags, you know, you're allowed, I think it's up to 60 of them now in your video descriptions. But when it comes to tags or putting blocks of basically comma separated words, then that um, puts you in a category where you are, you know, violating that particular thing. Um, um, it can actually fall under that or misleading metadata. So when you're doing like those types of things, you might see somebody else doing them. So for example, you know, we have a music channel um, where, you know, where, you know, we just let pre people preview, uh, you know, music that we upload to creatormix.com. And um, with that particular music channel, it's really tempting for us to, you know, say, hey, let's start, you know, just tag stuffing these descriptions because all of the other music channels do that and it works great for them, right? But because, you know, we, you know, like to play by the rules and all that stuff, you know, we're, you know, it's not something that we're doing. He likes so, to play by the rules. Yeah, I, like I want to break the them and yeah. he says, no, 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 that's a, that's a terrible <laughs> idea. So, 
so because of that, you know, it's, um, um, you know, those types of, of things, it's really easy to see somebody else doing it and be like, oh, okay, everybody's doing this, so it's not a problem. So first thing is you want to make sure that you are just staying up to date with what's going on. Um, within the community guidelines, make sure you're reading through their terms of service. And if you don't understand it, just drop it into like chat GPT or something and be like, hey, you know, make this easy to understand or, or whatever, and then it'll do it. Um, but another part of that um, also is, so there's a lot of, um, or there's some videos on YouTube. I don't know if there's a lot, but there's some videos on YouTube that I've ran across where people are recommending to like new content creators to go all over YouTube and basically spam other people's YouTube comments as a way to bring attention to yourself. In some cases, people will use that as like a, Hey, come subscribe to me. I'll subscribe to you or, you know, come check me out, whatever. Other people will do it, try to do it in more clever ways where they'll be like, Oh, Hey, you know, I just started live streaming, come and join. They'll drop, they'll drop into live streams for that. Um, or they'll make a, a comment that says like, Hey, it's a great video. Um, the video that I just made about this, um, you know, is a great compliment to this, or they have all these other, you know, creative ways that they try to do it. But basically the problem arises one, when they're just doing that on other channels. Um, but two also when they are doing the same thing repetitively on other YouTube channels, like in their comment sections, then in that particular case, it does literally become spam at that point. And when it becomes spam, um, then that puts you at risk of, you know, of running into, you know, those types of problems like you've ran into. Um, in addition to that, um, other things that can happen is if you take like the same videos and you upload that one video to a bunch of different channels, that can be spamming the platform, which can get you into trouble. Um, uploading the same uh, repetitive content to your channel without doing much like changes to it can also, um, you know, um, kind of fall under some of that as well. So it's just really important to make sure that you're that you're just bringing yourself up to date as a content creator on you know on the rules so that you can make sure that you um, that you play safe. Because here's the thing, like, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna call it like it is. Call it when it when it comes to when it comes to YouTube, like there's a lot of people doing a lot of really, really shady stuff. Um, and there's a lot it. of people getting away with it. Um, and it's also on the other side to where there's a lot of people that are that do just like some like small amount of shady stuff because they don't know, and they'll get hit for it. So you know, it just kind of, you know, Man. it's kind of luck of the draw there on kind of where you end up, you know, uh, falling there. But I think some of the problems that happen with content creators spamming other YouTube channels is that YouTubers will report them. <laughs> yeah. So then you have that direct, you know, like, hey, this person's clearly trying to siphon uh, views from me. So I'm going to, you know, just report this channel for, you know, spamming and trying to bring attention to their channel. And um, and people will do that, which then kind of puts them on the radar. And then once you're on that radar, that's where, you know, you have to, you know, be be extra careful. Yep. What does uh, Renee say here? I see he posted, says, uh, hey, what's going on, Renee? I hope you're doing awesome, hey, man. Renee. Says, uh, make original, valuable videos for humans to build a connection, not unoriginal, automated content for machines to game a system. Boom. Yep, that's another uh, that's another win right there, and like in you know like in his case, um, Renee, he was doing uh, he was doing videos where he is personally, to my understanding, um, to where he's personally putting you know like he's making original content where he's commentating on videos, and um, and they deleted his channel. He went through like um, a few different revisions. I don't know the details of it, but they went through like a, a few different um, you know appeals, and um, and he ended up losing um, all of those uh, all of those appeals. Yeah. So I'm not sure what's um, you know what exactly happened there, but it appears from you know the information that he shared in his video on Twitter um, that he was making original content but I'm not I'm not I'm not sure um, uh, you know what the what the scenario is but uh, but yeah it sucks you know when things like that happen especially you know like when you know like like when we upload I videos see that happen with people trying to get monetized a lot they'll yeah. say oh you're using reused content 
but it's original, it's original content. content. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that happen a few times. Yeah, so yeah. the system definitely isn't perfect, you know, when it comes to those types of things. And that's not a it. great answer. They're working on it. Yeah, yeah, it's not a great answer. They're getting answer, better. They're getting but, better. But, um, but it's, you know, it's definitely not perfect. You know, I mean, yeah. that's that's the, I think that's the downside of having 2 billion users and then uh, however many content creators I, they have on top of that. I mean, I, it's... I was just going to say, you know, it's easy... And I can, and I totally understand how frustrating it can be when something doesn't go right, whether you're guilty or not. But it's really easy to point the fingers at YouTube and be like, "Bad YouTube." But like you said, like how many how many billions of users are there? Right. It, well, it's like um, it's over two billion monthly users. Over yeah. two billion monthly users. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a massive platform. Yeah. For sure, there there Logged are going to be accounts and things that just fall through the cracks. For sure, that's yeah. going to happen. You know, and I, I and I strongly believe, and Nick, I know you believe, and I know Renee believes it, and probably most of the people in here believe it. I I, I know they're they want creators to succeed. Right. They want the right. If account. we win, YouTube wins. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, like yeah. they want everybody to succeed. They right. don't, they're not trying. They're not looking for people to flag. Like they're they're trying to abide by their policies. And unfortunately, sometimes the wrong thing happens. Yeah. And in that particular case, um, for yeah. you, he said to tag him on Twitter. I think he might have tagged um, your personal account um, in there. I think I saw that in there somewhere. Um, so you might want to look under under um, that particular account because I think he did um, in that particular conversation. But he's got a video like explaining everything and all that um, as well. So our, our next um, question here is Adventures with Time. Adventures with Time does. Before you do that, yeah, yeah. If anyone from StreamYard is watching this right now, we need a coaster. We need a stream, a stream yard, yard coaster. coaster. Yeah, because I'm sitting here scratching the top of this thing, and I'm just thinking, like, why don't we have coasters in here? Why don't we have brand YouTube? Renee, if you can get us YouTube coasters, that would be cool. Or StreamYard. That works, too. Whoever. We need to, we need to actually cut this sign in half, too, and have, like, a two-buddy side and then, like, a StreamYard side or something, maybe. Oh, there you go. Yeah, or just have, like, just a scattering of stuff going across the front. There you go. That might be uh, more appropriate these days. Okay. So, um, let's hear. So, next up, on the, next up on the list. It's your show. Do whatever you want. Is, I'll just it, make it. it. Just it, tell me what to make it. I'll make it. <laughs> Adventures with Time is the um, is the next channel here. They do watch collecting. Um, the goal of the channel is to help others collect and make some side money. And the question is, I still don't get quizzes. I thought it said Quiznos. I was like, I still don't get Quiznos. Quiznos. And I'm like, Quiznos. I want some Quiznos too. Yeah. Um, I don't I, get Quiznos over here. <laughs> I still don't get. Um, I still don't see quizzes in my community tab. Um, but when um, should I have that option? So I know some features when they roll them out, um, they are um, kind of locked geographically. I'm not sure if the option for um, for polling um, is. Or, or for quizzes, I'm sorry, in community feeds is or not. Um, so in that particular case, I would just hop in. I would just hop on Google and I would say eligibility for um, the whatever feature it is that anybody doesn't have. Um, just go and look for that and see if there is any type of, you know, like where maybe it's in the U.S. first and you're somewhere else or something like that. But if you're in the U.S., um, then they usually will deploy things over to there first with the exception of shorts, um, which ended up in India first. But like when, uh, you know, when even if you're there, um, yeah, you, you should have those uh, you should have those available if you're there but if you're somewhere else then that would be the first place or the first thing that I would think about next up we've got Jaden 0428 Jaden 0428 says they've been on YouTube for less than one month and the question is a supporting channel whatever that means and the goal of the channel says nothing and the question is nothing Okay. Well, hey. All right. Knocked it out got of the park that on that one. Yeah. I, I got the answer. Nothing. Nothing. There you go. <laughs> next. So next up, we've got Gardening with Bear Brown. Gardening with Bear Brown's been on YouTube for one year or more. They do gardening content. The goal of the channel is to go full time one day and to get out great content. Good goal. Um, question is how to give credit would, for Creator Mix. Um, I, do I say from Creator Mix or from Nick and D Nimmin? I fear using music because of messing up when it comes to copyright. Thanks, guys, for the amazing resource for creators. Love it. D. 
how about if I show them? Why don't you cover it for a second and I can like do a, she- a screen share? Okay. Yeah. So go yeah, ahead yeah. and just talk for Absolutely. a minute. And, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So um, while he's doing that, I'm just going to take a, um, a quick question out of the chat here. See if I can um, see if I, there's anything I can answer for anybody here. Um, did we hit the stop record on that uh, really quick if you haven't? Oh, okay. Sorry. I was looking to run that side. Okay. Okay. My bad. Um, let's see here. So, oh, okay. So quizzes, Doug said quizzes are Android only right now. Okay. There we go. So that, that probably explains it too if you're on like an iPhone. Um, so let's see here. So I'm just looking for a quick question here out of the chat while uh, we are waiting for D to do that. Yep. Give me a second here. Okay. So um, so th- this one here says, um, uh, so this is from Jay Will says, YouTube has killed two of my channels here lately for no reason and both were performing very well. Um, so this is one of those things where YouTube doesn't, you know, kill channels, but when it comes to, you know, us as content creators, um, we also have to look and see, you know, like we have to look in the mirror and say like, you know, what is it that we're doing differently that we weren't doing before? So, you know, for example, you know, I don't know if you are, um, actually I'm looking at your channel right now and you have not uploaded in far fi- sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, you have. Um, I was looking at your popular content. So yeah, so you're uploading on a, you know, on a regular basis, all of that, that's all good. Um, you have some pretty provocative thumbnails, um, some gross thumbnails, um, as well here. So it could be that your content, um, some of your content is not family friendly or it's not, you know, um, ad friendly. We'll do it that way. Um, so what I recommend that you do is I recommend that you look at your channel in restricted mode Mm. if you look in restricted mode um, and you can just find this if you go up to your profile picture go into your settings then you have the option for restricted mode Um, turn that on and then go look at your YouTube channel and you're gonna see all of the videos on your channel that like the ones that are gone are the ones that that YouTube um, you know um, is restricting to people of certain ages and logged in and you know all of that good stuff Um, so I would definitely make sure that you are looking at that um, because you know with what it is that you are doing I mean you have some like borderline adult content here in your thumbnails and um that i mean you know like at this day and age like you know probably 10 years ago on youtube like that kind of thing you know is fine but um these this day and age you know they're getting a little bit more um uh you know protective you know of their platform so you know because of that you know just be mindful you know of of how it is that you're trying to grab attention with your uh thumbnails okay so i'm going to throw this up really quick you've got some super chats and a new channel member who's come in so let me add this to the screen really quick so if you're asking about how to give credit properly when you're using creator mix this is really easy if you're just using one song in your video all you have to do is just come over here to this little copyright icon click on that it's going to pop up and i I hope it really shows yeah it does it's going to pop up and it's going to show you right here the credit for that song and right here it's just a little icon tap on that and it's going to copy it to your clipboard and simply paste that anywhere in your description however if you are using a bunch of our songs or a couple of our songs or if it's in the live stream all you have to do is uh, write somewhere in there music by creatormix.com that's it boom. so if it's one song you can copy it from there if it's multiple songs just write music by creator mix boom keep it simple so um see so your 86 member for 14 months says nick's advice is awesome and everyone Super should track. become a member thank you for the kind words Can there. I, hit the, I gotta hit the says um also i just lost the game not sure uh yeah, not sure what that means there on losing the game. <laughs> I got to hit the uh... Melinda Elliot. Welcome thank you for the, the uh, five months of support there as well. Thank you. He said, Mwahaha. yeah, I don't know if there's like playing a video game or something right now. I'm not sure. <laughs> so uh, next question that we have here um, on the list today is from Circle H Scuba. 
Circle H Scuba says that they do. You, you have a scuba license, don't you? Or didn't I you do. at one time? I do. Yeah. It's, it's an open water. It's, it's over there, actually. Nice, nice. So um, they do educational and product reviews. Um, the goal of the channel is to provide an authority space for Cuba dri uh, driver, scuba drivers to learn skills, destination tips, and find product reviews. Um, the question is, my niche has a lot of opportunity with many content gaps. The few competitors are not doing that great of a job in terms of quality, community, consistency, et cetera, with so much opportunity. How do I prioritize what video to make when the list of opportunities is huge? And can I only and I can only produce one video per month? So. Um, um, if possible, like, I don't know, you know, how deep you have to edit your videos, no pun intended there, but I, I don't know, like, like exactly, you, oh, actually you have this kind of in your next thing it says, would love to, to know how to hire an editor, info on how to hire an editor, when to hire an editor, et cetera. Is it worth investing in one early to produce more content? If you can afford, um, out of your day job money, I have plenty of excess in my day job income so I can afford to hire an editor, but my channel's only made $300 in 4.5 months. So hiring an editor from the channel income may, um, may seem dumb. So here's, here's the thing. Like when it comes to, um, when it comes to hiring an editor, I think this really comes down to like your long game. So like if you're doing your YouTube channel, like let's say for like a business, so you can bring attention to what it is that you're doing, you know, in the scuba world, if you have like a scuba company or something like that, then in that particular case, then you are hiring a video editor to help you do marketing for the business, right? So then in that particular case, it's a write off, you know, you get, you know, those perks for, you know, hiring the editor. Um, but you know, it is money out of pocket initially. Um, another thing is when it comes to um, hiring an editor. Um, I'm actually reading a book right now. A, a friend of mine recommended called Buy Back Your Time. I thought it was how to hire an editor. <laughs> no, no, that's a different that would one. Crazy. Yeah. But, uh, but in that particular book, it's called Buy Back Your Time. And the whole thing is about like, um, uh, like, you know, you just get busy with stuff, you know, in your life or your business. And, um, you know, instead of like the whole idea is instead of hiring people to like grow the business per se, you hire people to replace the things that, that you are not the most efficient at or the things that you don't enjoy or the things that you don't have time for so that you can ensure that those things get done right um so with that particular you know idea um if you are using this as something that you plan to grow into a business into the future or to support your current business then in that particular case i believe that hiring an editor is a is a good move um because then it would allow you to churn out more content to really get you know get in full swing here on YouTube, because part of what you're saying here is in terms of your goals is to provide an authority space for scuba divers to learn skills, destination tips, and to find product reviews. So product reviews, you're going to earn money from since you're teaching them skills. I don't know if you're going to put together a course of some kind or not around this, but if you are, then that would be another way that you could recoup the editing money. You could even have those editors, you know, edit your course material for you if you chose to. Um, but you know, like that editor would open up, you know, some time to do some of those other things, you know, as well to where you could turn out content and then they could put it all together for you and then you can get more up onto YouTube and then you know you would hit that threshold to where like okay now I'm not out of pocket now it's just my YouTube money that's paying for it but when you're doing product reviews and things like that that's where you end up making more than that you know 300 because your AdSense will continue to grow but the way that you can like really start stacking on serious money when it comes to YouTube is through offering like your own types of products or trainings or courses anything like that any type of digital stuff you can do I have entire streams dedicated to that which I recommend that you check out um, but also like product reviews where you're recommending things that you can you know kind of bring attention to as an affiliate those sorts of things it really helps the income start stacking up you know pretty quick when you are doing those types of things as long as you can you know get people to convert so um so 
I think that if your long-term game here is to become an authority in the space, that uploading content, you know, on a more regular basis and learning how to leverage that content for income um, would be a good move. Um, that's, you know, my opinion without like knowing much about your content or anything like that. Um, but I think that even with those types of things, like let's say, the, and, and I'm just throwing out a, a hypothetical here. This isn't like saying that this is the case, but let's say um, as an example that um, let's say that you're, that you're really bad at making thumbnails, right? And let's say that, you know, you have people coming in or responding to your content or whatever, but let's say your, your thumbnails aren't that great. Well, if you only have time to, you know, to make one video per month and that's where all of your YouTube time is going, then that means that you don't have time to fix that other thing either. So because of that, like all of your time is consumed into that one video to where if you start releasing some of that time to someone else, even if it's half of it, even if it's like, Hey, get together this rough cut and then I'm going to like polish it up or Hey, um, do like as much of this video, um, as you can, I'm going add the final touches to it or something like that to where it takes a majority of the work away then that allows you to focus more on some of the other things that you can do to bring more attention to what it is that you're doing with your channel as well build courses you know those types of um, things that will add to your bottom line as a channel so um, so because of that um, hiring an editor, I think would be a good call in your case specifically. Um, but when it comes to editing, um, places, you can of course hire somebody off of like Fiverr or Upwork or onlinejobs.ph or something like that. Um, they also have ytjobs.com or .co. Um, they both lead to the same place. Um, but that is Patty Galloway's, um, service where they have like, uh, professional YouTube editors. You're going to pay a lot more, um, over there than you will the other places, but they're like, they know what it takes when it comes to YouTube. They vet them before they can actually post their stuff there. Um, so, you know, you have those types of options. You also have places like vidchops.com, V-I-D-C-H-O-P-S.com, um, that you can, you know, try out as well, where they do monthly packages to where it's like X amount of videos per month, you know, to where they can do those sorts of things. And it's pretty reasonable. So I would start looking into those options just to get an idea of, you know, what type of price range you're looking at and, and just try out somebody. Hey, let me test you for like one month of videos and just kind of see how it goes, see how your workflow is and see if that can, you know, kind of help you, you know, accelerate, you know, the, the, the rate things are going. Uh, with your YouTube channel. So Martin calming anxiety. Thank you for the super chat man says, um, Hey Nick, um, and may I finally go full time with my podcast high five and fist bump to you says, um, finances are going to be tight, but your channel is the one I will stay with. Thanks for everything going to spread more calm. Love it, man. I'm super excited that you are going full time with your podcast. Like, like, like there's nothing that makes me happier than like seeing somebody like come into this stuff. Um, because you know, it's hard, like, you know, like there's no sugar coating that you can put on it. Like doing this whole thing. It doesn't matter if you're podcasting, if you're making videos, if you're live streaming, if you're blogging, um, like anything that you're doing, like, you know, media wise, it's tough. It's really tough. Cause there's so many people out there that are so good at it. So, you know, you have to, you know, get things to a certain level before you can do what you're getting ready to do, which is go full time. Um, and like when somebody comes in and it's like, Hey, you know, I'm hitting this milestone. Hey, now my podcast has over a million downloads. Now it's getting, you know, these downloads per month and things like that. I absolutely love seeing people thrive like that. So high five and fist bump to you. Um, absolutely love, love seeing that man. Lola ease of vlog says, Nick, just want to say thank you. Thank you for the super chat. Glad that you are, uh, enjoying the, uh, glad that you're enjoying the content. So next up on our list here, we have, um, Luigi Oliveria 296 is the, uh, name of the channel there. They have a fishing, cooking, and prank videos. Um, the goal of the channel is because my goal is to get more subscribers. And the question is, um, how I get more subscribers and more views. Can you please answer that? I always watch your videos for more feedback. Um, 
So when it comes to getting more subscribers and more views on your videos, um, the very first thing, and we talked on, uh, we touched on this briefly at the beginning of the stream today, but the thing that you have to remember is that, that everything on YouTube is response-based. So what that means is when you publish a video, YouTube is going to show it to people and you can prove this yourself um, by going into your YouTube analytics and look at the impressions that you're getting on a video. If you go into YouTube and you see that you got a hundred impressions on a video, but you don't have anybody clicking on it, then in that particular case, YouTube has shown your videos to a hundred people and they just did not choose to watch it. So if you go and you look and you might see some that, you know, you might have a thousand impressions and maybe just like a couple views on them or whatever. That means out of that 1000, you know, um, people that YouTube showed your videos to, only a couple people, you know, chose to watch the videos. So, or chose to click on them. That doesn't even count, you know, the watch part. So, you know, when YouTube is giving you impressions, like they're doing their job, so to speak, right? They're like, hey, you uploaded video to our platform, videos are a platform, you hit the publish button, and we're gonna test this, and we're gonna see if anybody responds to it. And then if people don't respond well to that compared to other videos on the platform that those same viewers are getting presented by YouTube, if they don't respond well, then what's going to happen is YouTube's going to prioritize the content where people are responding well. So this is why, like one, one um, way to learn how to get good at YouTube is, I mean, you win in both places, right? So you win in YouTube's recommendation system. Um, that's where like the really fast, you know, quick wins come from. But you can also win long game wise in YouTube search as well. But one advantage for new content creators, like while you're trying to learn how to get people to respond better to things, like if the type of content that you make, and this is for everybody here, if the type of content you make um, is something that does lean well or something that does do well in YouTube search, then going after search terms is a, is a really good play because what you do there is let's say that you have you know a handful of videos that you get ranked in search for a particular thing based around the type of content you make well every single person that's going into YouTube and that's looking for that thing that you made a video about for all the people that click on that that's telling YouTube for the people that click on it and enjoy it that's telling YouTube this type of person that watches you know whatever type of content it is that that person watches are having a really good experience with this video and then that starts training the system on like, okay, hey, let's show it to some people like that and see if they respond to it on homepages or, you know, recommended next to other videos. So YouTube search is a great way to kind of get your foot in the door while you're in the process of learning how to make, you know, more compelling thumbnails and titles and how to come up with better video ideas that just, you know, perform better in recommendations compared to like search, for example. It's just a great way to kind of get your foot in the door. So like if you are having trouble getting any traction whatsoever, then in that case, like trying to get your videos to show up in search is, is a really good thing because another advantage of that is like when you are going after recommendations initially, I mean, keep in mind, you can learn quickly, right? But when you are going after recommendations initially, like if this is something you've never done before, you might nail it, right? So try, <laughs> but if you, uh, if this is something you haven't done before and, and you know that, you know, there's still, you know, like there's still a lot of stuff that you have to learn how to do, then in that particular case, if you're like, hey, let me go after YouTube search, a huge win there, is that you can look at the other videos that are there and you can say, okay, for this particular, uh, you know, search term and keep in mind, like ranking videos in search, that's like a whole other thing. And there's, you know, whole other, you know, ideas for that, um, in terms of just information that you need to make sure that you're, you know, mindful of. But another thing there is you can actually look at the videos that you're competing with for that particular search result. So you can say, okay, this person started their video like this, their video quality is like this, their thumbnail quality is like this. They're saying this in their thumbnail, they're saying this in their title. So you know what you're up against, right? So then you 
you can strategically go after uh, particular search terms to where you're like, yeah, um, this this one here, no way am I going to compete with these people over here. But the, but this particular term, the people that are here, I think I can get in here. So I'm going to make a video as best as I possibly can for the for the purpose of trying to get it to show up around you know this search phrase and variations of this phrase. Um, so you know going after those types of things can be really helpful for you. But when it comes to getting more subscribers and views, um, like I said, everything is responsive on YouTube. So basically, when people are you know are are deciding to click on your videos or not, once they do, the experience that they have with your videos, the better all of that is in terms of their response to your packaging, your thumbnails and titles, and your uh, uh, actual video content. The better all that is, the better all, the, the more views you're going to get, and the more subscribers you're going to get as well. Because when people are having that positive experience, it tells YouTube, hey, people are enjoying this. When we show it to them, people are coming in, they're enjoying it, they're staying on the platform, they're engaging, maybe they're sharing it with other people. And those are all really great signals to YouTube that, hey, people enjoy this, or they're satisfied with this experience, which then will cause the system to show it to, to, to show it to more people. So if you are in that place right now to be like, man, every video I publish, I'm getting like 10 views on it. Keep going, keep working on it because, you know, um, as long as you're getting impressions, that's the important thing. So as long as YouTube is giving you impressions on your video, and again, you can see that in your analytics, then that means they're showing it to people from there. You have to put on the like, okay, I'm going to figure this out hat and say, okay, I'm going to, for the people that are showing them, showing this to, I'm going to learn how to, you know, try to get these people to, to, to click on what it is that I've made. Even if it's a low number of impressions, I see somebody in the mm -hmm. chat here saying I upload a video with only eight impressions. YouTube is taking note of all the impressions right. and seeing how people were responding. Even if you have two impressions, YouTube's like, okay, well, how did these two people respond when mm -hmm. we showed them this video? Yep. And if it was not in a positive manner, what incentive is it for YouTube to continue showing that? Yeah, of course, they're going right. to keep testing it out. Right. But the more negative signals that you send back to YouTube, it's more than likely they're going to stop promoting a video if they're having negative negative signals coming in. Right. And, and other things, too, like um, let's say that, you know, they give you, you know, um, eight impressions. Let's say, you know, you had one person click on it and they immediately abandoned the video. Right. Um, then, you know, that's just a, that's just a pretty, you know, um, that's a bad signal to YouTube. But keep an eye on it because you'll keep getting more impressions over time. Yeah. Um, so just keep an eye on that video. Um, thank you, Jackie B, for the super sticker. Um, I appreciate super it. Um, the Ink Journey, thank you for the super chat. Says, hey, Nick, um, why do some track. say that it's a bad idea to use ads to grow your channel? Is it ever a good idea? So the reason that everybody says it's a bad idea um, is because you have to learn how to get a response organically on YouTube if you want long-term sustainability. Um, if you want to only rely on YouTube ads to get views on your videos, then you can do that. You can, you know, force your videos in front of people and just based on numbers at scale, like, you know, some people will respond to it. Um, but if you want to be able to publish a video and that video get views on it um, organically, then you have to learn how to do, you know, you have to learn all the stuff. You got to learn how to, you know, get people to click on your content. You got to learn how to give them a good video experience. You got to learn how to make that experience good enough that they'll want to subscribe or that they'll want to come back to the channel and watch more. They'll want to watch more than one video, those types of things. If you, if you bypass that part, then what's going to happen is as soon as you turn off your ad spend, then everything's going to stop. So um, one thing uh, when it comes to running ads on videos is absolutely, if you've learned that process, you know, technically, yeah, you can run ads on your videos to, you know, accelerate things. I have a friend of mine, um, you know, he went through that process organically of learning how to, 
um, how to, you know, um, do everything organically. And then once he did, he's like, okay, since I'm doing this for my company um, and to bring right. awareness That's to my different. company, That's yeah, different. he's like, right. I'm going to start running ads on, you know, some of these videos as well. So then they were strategic about the particular videos that they run the ads on. And then they continued to do organic growth with the other videos. And they constantly just had ads, you know, hitting, you know, some of their other videos because they were also making additional sales and things like that. But it was growing their YouTube channel. And that allowed them to cross 100,000 subscribers in a relatively short amount of time because they were, you know, throwing money at it while at the same time perfecting their ability to, you know, get that organic response. Now they publish a video and they'll get lots of views on those videos because they went through that process right. of learning how to do it organically with the support of also running ads to ensure that there's constant activity going to the things that the channel was built for. So, um, so yeah, you it, know, you can run ads on videos. It, you know, running ads can be really helpful. Like you said, if you have a business, if you have a product that you're trying to, to draw attention to, maybe you're trying to lead people into a sales funnel mm -hmm. and you have something to sell, a, a service to offer them, there it makes sense. But running ads without first learning how to organically grow your channel, I mean, yeah, you can, you can get some subscribers and you can get some views like Nick was talking about. But where that really kind of gets put into uh, supercharge mode is once you learn how to grow organically and you know what your audience connects to mm -hmm. and you know the type of videos that people actually relate to, then you can target those people directly. So you can say, okay, this video is a, is a, it's a proven performer, it, yep. performer. It's a breadwinner. I'm going to run ads for this video particularly, and I'm going to go after a specific target audience because I know how they're going to respond to this video. Yep. Then it works and it makes sense. And on that note too, like, um, uh, um, there's actually, um, something I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on exactly, you know, if this is getting, you know, deployed or when it's getting deployed. Um, but you know, like, um, just how, like, you know, TikTok, for example, just how they have the option to where, you know, you can hit a button to, you know, promote a video. Um, I know that, um, you know, that YouTube has stuff like that as well. So, um, when it comes to, you know, that that's probably going to end up popping up in people's channels and people are probably going to use that incorrectly. So, um, when that pops up, just make sure that, you know, for anybody that is going to run ads of any kind on your YouTube channel, here's the most important thing that you have to think about. If it's using a feature like that, or if it's, you know, just running ads through Google ads, um, make sure that you are targeting the right people with your content, um, with your ads, because what can happen is content creators. And I've seen this happen too. the we've had to dig out of this hole, but basically what will happen is content creators will, um, run ads on the cheapest possible ad rates, um, in countries that have, you know, really low ad right, rates right. as a means to like inflate their subscriber numbers right. and things like that. And then, um, in that particular case, when they do publish organic videos or they do publish videos, then it's the wrong people, you know, responding, right. you know, to that. So because of that, um, just make sure that regardless of how you're bringing attention to your videos because I know some people they'll also run ads on like Facebook and you know things like that too but however it is that you're bringing attention to your videos just make sure that you're targeting people correctly because if you don't then you can cause the system to actually be showing your videos to the wrong people which then would make whatever ads that you're running um, be working against you instead of working for you uh, yeah I'll add one more thing to that if you can't hold <laughs> the majority of your <laughs> audience's attention for the first 30 seconds of your video then you might want to reconsider running ads. Right. Yeah. Right. Like you have to learn how to hold the audience attention before you start throwing money at it. Otherwise you're just going to waste your money. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's super tempting. Yeah. Uh, 
Eco Rydkin Rap says, um, just to thank you for all your tips so far. Um, our pleasure. Glad super that you are uh, enjoying the content. Thank you for the super chat. Really appreciate it. And um, Architectural Sheet Metal, um, thank you for the super chat as well. Says, good morning, Dean, um, Nick and D. Hey, if if my competition's high performers are low visual production, what other things should we look at when researching the um, um, when researching the uh, competitor's content? Um, look at their videos that are still getting views um, because it's really easy to go to a competitor channel and like just look at their popular videos, but you wanna look for recency in those popular videos. And you also wanna look for videos that are currently getting views. And the reason you wanna look for videos that are getting um, views, and this is most important, if you are um, if you are looking at the channels that are showing up in your analytics as other channels that your audience watches, this is where this gets the most um, helpful. But basically, when you are looking at them, you want to go and see the videos that are still getting views. Um, I know there's a couple tools that will help you do that. Tube Spanner is one of them to where it'll actually show you the 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 views that you know videos are still getting. Um, so when you are tubespanner.com by the way for that but when you are looking at the um you know competitors you know you want to look for those types of things because if they have videos that are getting large amounts of views still even if they're older videos then that tells you that people you know are still interested in those particular things so if you can make something you know complementary to those or you can make something that's a contrasting idea or something like that um, then that can be you know a good move um, as well because you might end up getting recommended next to their videos or at least to some of those people that were watching some of their videos that are doing well um and addition to that, um, making sure that you are reading their comment sections so you can look for any holes that they've left in their content. So for example, like let's say that D made a video and I was researching D's videos and I'm like, okay, what can I, you know, how can I, you know, try to make something that's better? Then I would go into First his comment section. First of all, you wouldn't section. be able to. Yeah, I know, like, you wouldn't like, be able yeah, to. We've already, right there. We've yep, already established right there. that. Yeah. Next question. <laughs> but, uh, but I would go into his comment section. I'd be like, okay, is there anything that, you know, the people wanted, um, that, that the viewers wanted when they were you know interacting with this video that you know they were unhappy with or any information that they were like hey why didn't you talk about this or hey you said this but it's actually this or you know anything like that to where you can also use that type of information and you might even be able to use that information when you're framing the entire video if you find like a big problem that they didn't happen to mention or that they overlooked or whatever that people really needed yeah so what um, you'll find in my comments is you'll see you'll see comments like Wow, D, this is a very well thought out video. You answered every question precisely, exactly the way I was thinking it. And I'm going to recommend your channel. To, it's just my comments are flooded with stuff like that. Every you're, comment, D, you're the best. Yeah. This is the best video I've you ever answer, watched. You just, you yeah. just nailed it and answered Move every over Marvel. I'm going to spend my time on yeah. D's channel. You just answered yeah. every question perfectly. That was great. Sorry, Grogu. I'm going to spend my time yeah. watching D. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Watch it. That was Watch the line. It. That was it right there. Watch it. I found it. I found the line. Watch that it. was it. Okay. No, just the opposite. My comments are exactly, exactly like you said. You forgot this. What about this? You didn't do this. You just wasted three minutes on my life. I'll never get that five minutes back again. That's my, that's my real comments. But yeah, like when you, you know, when you're looking at competitors, you want to look for, you know, that type of stuff. Also, just look and see, like, you know, like if you are in a space and, you know, you've been in that space for a little bit of time, um, you know, you start to see like what people are asking of you in your comments and stuff like that, how people respond to certain videos that you make, things like that. And you can also start to look for holes like, um, okay, if I look at, you know, these three channels over here, is there any content that that needs to be made that none of these channels have made yet? Or is there something that I can do, um, you know, something that I can take from like another channel in terms of like a stylistic thing or the way that I'm formatting the videos or something like that, that would actually be something completely fresh yeah. for the space that I'm operating in? Or can I come up with something original for that? Um, and those are the types of things to, you know, like really think about when you're looking at the uh, competition.
I'm going to get a timer. We need a timer on screen. It's right there. Oh, it's not on screen, but I was going to say you can hit that. Um, and then if you have the ATEM software open, do you have that open? No. Oh, it'll show like but a record. Yeah, it'll but show I want it on the time. screen, like a countdown. So people are like, okay. Well, number one, it's going to show how long you can go without breathing. Mm. But number two, it gives people an indication of when you're going to stop speaking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. But, but we wouldn't know what that is, though. Well, you got to fit it into the timer. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. your, that's yeah. your burden to carry. No, nah, no, nah, yeah, I don't like that idea. Of course you don't like yeah, that, that idea. Me, I, that love that I, <laughs> I love that idea. That's the best <laughs> idea I've had today. Oh, goodness. Okay, so uh, next up on our list here, um, we've got, um, let's see, the name of the channel is Trying to Learn Bikes. Um, they have a motorcycle <laughs> that channel. sounds dangerous. Says uh, the... the <laughs> trying to learn bikes <laughs> the goal is to help anyone interested in doing their own maintenance on their motorcycle and the question is hey nick and d thanks very much for doing what you do um if youtube decides to relist one of my old shorts that's been flat for a while um will my subscribers get a notification that indi indicates that i have posted it okay so youtube is not going to automatically re relist one of your shorts that would be something that you would need to do um and once a video has been public and if renee's still in here he can correct me on this if i'm if i'm incorrect please but, correct but renee, once please. a video has been made public if you take it um, to like unlisted or private and then you make it public again, then you've already blown that notification, so to speak, um, because it's already been public once. Um, so um, got uh, one shot. Yeah. So you got, so you got one shot there. So again, Ooh, I almost started humming that and we would have got a claim. Oh yeah. That would have been nice. Yeah, a little melody funny. claim. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So you, like you want to make sure that when you publish something that it's good to go and, um, and that you're ready to, uh, and that you're ready to commit. So uh, let's see here. So next up. Arms weak. Is it arms heavy? Which is it? Um, inspiration beyond infinity. I'm just going to ignore. I'm just going to ignore because so we don't start saying it. Yeah. So uh, in inspiration. It's knees weak. Knees weak. And the arms are heavy. Yeah. Mom's apple pie. Yeah. Close. Close. Yeah. Okay. So inspiration beyond infinity. Um, they upload every other day. They do inspirational content. The goal of the channel is to inspire people and become uh, monetized. And um, the question is, should you niche down on an inspirational channel or is it open topic for many inspirations? Um, so when you're doing inspirational content, you are making videos for people that are, you know, wanting to be inspired in some way. So, you know, because of that, you know, the niche itself would be that you're making inspirational content or motivational content, you know, that type of thing. Um, so I think that that one pretty much stands for itself there because you would want to have, you know, the inspiration as the actual niche, not the topics, you know, around that. Um, let's see here. Says, is there, um, Koi Savage says, um, really quick out of the chat here, says, is there a difference between a gaming channel and a vlog channel and a family channel? Absolutely. So a gaming channel, they just focus on playing games or doing something around, you know, the gaming world. Um, a vlog channel typically takes people on some type of journey with them um, where they go out into the world. They do things, you know, um, you know, just out in the world. and They take people with them. Um, some people look at if you're just like sitting in a bedroom talking to a camera, some people look at that vlogging as well. Um, but it's basically video logging your life essentially is what you're doing there. Um, and a family channel is different because with a family channel, you are kind of you can do that in a bunch of different ways um but you know a lot of people with family channels will also make family vlogs as well 
So um, Renee says the biggest problem with notifications isn't people not getting them. It's people being um, annoyed by them and turning them off. Amen to that um, um, entirely in the app. So we are extremely careful and considerate about it. Yeah. So the idea there is like when it comes to those notifications, um, you know, like even if people set that bell icon, um, you know, it's going to be a limited amount of people, but they give us the stats to let us know, you know, how many people are actually clicking on that, which is cool. Channel member. How many people are clicking on it and how Welcome many people are actually receiving the, the notifications? Sal Green Boy, what's up, man? Hope you're doing awesome. My so bad. happy that the new channel that you are working on um, is just like picking up steam, man. I absolutely love seeing that. But it says, hey, guys, what advice would you give for someone who is hosting a faceless live stream using only an avatar with no guests? Um, think about the one, think about if a live stream is appropriate or not for what it is that you're doing. Um, two, think about, uh, if you, if it's just the avatar, I, I personally, I mean, this is a personal choice. Um, but if it was me, I wouldn't do a live stream with just an avatar, um, because that could essentially just be audio content. But if you are going to do that, um, I would make sure that you are creating a podcast on your channel and that you are kind of presenting that as a podcast if you can based on whatever it is that you're sharing if you can do that then that will allow you to sit there and talk and you know do everything that you're going to do and then that would actually hopefully end up getting um you know some activity coming from the podcast crowd that just want to listen to stuff instead of watch it but keep in mind on the video side you know people log into youtube to watch video content um yes some people do log into like listen to music and stuff in the background um but you know m- I would say a majority of people log on to watch video content. So on the video side, like, you know, just be, um, just make it make sense what type for of where people, where people are consuming your, uh, where people are consuming your videos. Their name is salad cream boy. What, what, yeah. So he's they... working on a different channel now. Okay. Um, yeah. So about? this is an old channel. I can't remember off the top of my head what the new channel, um, subject matter is. Um, he's just been posted in the members group because he's, uh, I've... he, he basically, he started his new channel and he's already surpassed the channel. Just, awesome. He's got a whole new knowledge set now, right? He's taking right. a totally different approach. So he started his new channel and he surpassed the channel that he's been working on or cl- almost surpassed it that he's been working on for like two years now or something like that. So, uh, and say, it's, I, it's only been online for a really short amount of time. I, so congratulations I to you for that. I watch a ton of streams for like craft channels and stuff. Like, it's just hands. They show hands and just... Yeah. interesting i've even watched channels before with people speaking but they only show their hands yeah and they're just kind of like it's just their hands moving and they're talking yeah. but it's something to look at something to look at it's yeah something to way look better at, right. than just like an avatar on the screen that's right. like not doing anything right yeah. right yeah it's tv and movie reviews the new one thanks mm. thanks nigel what is it uh the new one's tv and movie reviews uh, okay yeah so uh deanna uh louise they do upload one time per week. Um, they do mental health and self-improvement content. The goal of the channel is to raise awareness for mental health. And the question is, firstly, thank you for helping me before I made some changes to my channel and have seen some more growth. My question is, if I plan on putting shorts out in addition to my long-form content, ideally, how many shorts should I be aiming to post in addition to my one time per week long-form video? Totally your call based on your bandwidth. But here's something to think about. When it comes to, um, when it comes to YouTube shorts, make sure that the shorts that you're making are not just like advertisements for your video. Like make sure, cause a lot of people are using shorts that way. And then they're complaining why their shorts stop getting views. Like when, when like, 
when shorts first came out, you could upload pretty much anything you wanted, right? You upload anything you want, and then, you know, it's going to get shown to people because there's hardly any shorts. Um, but now that, you know, well, shorts are, are getting way over. Now now over. that, you know, shorts are getting more and more competitive, you know, you have to make sure that the shorts that you're uploading um, are, you know, appropriate for the short shelf. And another thing to think about, too, is, of course, you know, ultimately you would love for the people that are watching your shorts to come over and watch your long form. And the way that YouTube is working things out, if they really enjoy your shorts, then you're increasing the likelihood of them getting recommended your long form. So that's a win. Um, however, when it comes to the shorts, just make sure that when you are publishing a short, that it's not just a, Hey, I put out this video and it's this, so make sure you check it out. Or, Hey, here's yeah, a little I, snippet of this video. It's coming soon. Subscribe to my channel to watch it or something like that. Instead of doing something like that, just think about it. Like, okay, um, I'm going to make a short that if somebody was sitting there and they're watching YouTube shorts, that was in my target audience and they ended up hitting my chain or they ended up getting presented that short, they would think, wow, this is good. This is good stuff. That's that's it. And just focus on that and just make content that's appropriate for the short shelf. And then that way, while they're watching shorts, then you can, you know, um, serve them there. And then, you know, as YouTube makes those connections and, you know, starts recommending them the long form, then in that particular case, you know, for people that are coming in organically from the long form or from those people that are, YouTube is showing it to, then, you know, they can enjoy the long form, you know, when they're ready for that. So just make the content that's appropriate for, you know, each particular place. But in terms of the number, it really comes down to like your bandwidth, how much time you have to put it together. Um, because, you know, technically you could upload a short every single day of the week if you wanted to. And um, YouTube has also put out information saying that um, that you can even upload YouTube shorts on the same days that you upload your long form content. And because they, you know, mostly go into separate places, um, you know, they're not necessarily going to like step on each other's toes or anything like that. So technically you could do a video a day um, in terms of YouTube shorts. Or if you're like, hey, there's no way I could put out that much content, then in that case, you know, you could just add like one short per week and then have one video per week or two shorts per week or something like that. But I would definitely make your short content appropriate for the short shelf instead of it just being an ad or something like that. Yeah, if you like, can repurpose it, that's fine too. Just make sure what it is that you're repurposing is, you know, still appropriate for the shelf. We talked about last week and I was, I was mentioning how I deleted TikTok because I was spending too much time on it. And then I found myself consuming shorts. So they got me anyway. Mm -hmm. But you know, the, you delete have to, that and you'll be on Instagram. Right, right. Yeah. Delete that. I'm on in, in your real. Yeah. Come on. Right. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, yeah. Delete all those. And you're like outside of Maya, like watching the, watching right. the signs go by. Right. Oh, I'm just addicted wait. to the short form stuff now. Right. Um, <laughs> so keep in mind that people like me, and there are millions of people like me, I there's cannot, like eight people. There's like, yeah, eight, there's like eight. There's like one. Yeah. There's like one person <laughs> like me. But, but there's one. There's one of me. They tried to do make a second one and it kind of and it, it just fell to pieces. It yeah. Just got messed up on the way out. I, I don't know. No, but like I I I love to watch shorts as a short. Mm. Like it, short form content is short form content. Yeah. I understand the technique. You know the strategy of trying to lead people into a long form. That is a strategy. Just like hey, I'm making totally. a trailer for my long form video. That's fine, and that might work sometimes. But as someone who consumes a lot of shorts now, I hate that as a consumer. Yeah, I, I hate I'm like pass. Yeah, yeah, and yep. yeah, as soon as I acknowledge, oh, they're just trying to get me to watch something yep, long. Same here. I swipe. It's really rare that I'll want to go watch something long. I mean, they, they got to have something for me to go to want to watch long, right. long form content. It's got to be good for you to want to go explore and want more. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's not necessarily the trailer. Now I have watched more where they didn't make it a trailer, but they cut it at just the right spot to make me like, I don't even know if they did it on purpose. It's just, you know, it's just where it ends. And I'm just like, no, I don't know. I want to see more of that. And then I go watch it, but they didn't craft it like a trailer. Mm. It was like, oh, I know a long form video on this. So yeah, just be mindful that there are people who just want to watch shorts for being shorts. 
Um, the Dark, one person like me. The one person. The one. Uh, Dark Bite says, my first B-roll usage got a retention of 35%. Second attempt got me 1%. Why Chantel, one, watch it. Why did one B-roll work <laughs> while the other clearly tanked? Is there a right way to add B-roll images that I didn't do in my second video? So when it comes to B-roll, all B-roll is is supplemental footage that you add to whatever it is that you've already created for your A-roll. So your A-roll is like the main content. Maybe it's your, you know, where you're talking or something like that, or you're gaming, you know, if that's the thing. And then the B-roll is other footage that you would lay on top of that, just for anybody that doesn't know what that language is here in the chat. Um, so when it comes to your, um, you said my first B-roll usage got a retention of 35%. So are you just uploading B-roll content? Like, is it just like one like little segment of b-roll that you're letting other people use or like well, i'm not really sure what's going on there um but in terms of like one video getting you know like a higher retention than the other keep in mind it's more than just what it is that people are seeing it's seeing it's what they're hearing it's their interest it's how you've hooked them in the beginning it's how you continue to re-engage them as your videos you know continue on it's all of those things so just saying like i added you know some extra footage to my video and this one did better and this one didn't is kind of is kind of looking at it um, or, or like if you upload two different videos they're not going to perform exactly the same either um, if right. you have b-roll in them or not um, but when you add b-roll to them then in that particular case you know it can you know it can keep people you know engaged for a longer period of time if things are kind of switching around a little bit so um, so because of that you know just sometimes people are going to respond you know differently to one video than the other so it could be the way that you're telling your story the way that you're saying you know sharing the information or whatever that just cause them to respond better than the other one so another thing that you want to look for there is when you're looking in your audience retention reports where you got this information from um, go in there and look for places where people are leaving the video right those are the places that you really need to fix or places where people are skipping a lot things like that those are the places you really need to skip instead of saying like you know my retention here versus my retention here by using b-roll um, instead I would say like okay um, people responded to this video as a whole better than they responded to this video here so because of that I'm going to you know go in and start looking for the problem areas in the video as a whole not necessarily just looking at the b-roll um, sections by themselves so salad cream boy well-being asked me a question regarding what I was talking about with, with shorts he says what do you say about Gary V saying that short form is a window to long form it well, is it, well it is I mean he's obviously talking about YouTube uh, there uh, it is but what I'm talking about specifically is when people make shorts as a trailer, trailer yeah. to lead them to a longer video. And I'm not saying that that's wrong. It's, it, it's definitely a, a tactic that you can try. I'm just saying that as a shorts consumer, I personally don't like that. I'm there to consume shorts and I'm not there to be led into longer videos. I will be, I will, if the short is really good, I think what Gary Vee is saying is, if you make a short that is really good there will be a percentage of people who will want to come over and watch your long form content. Good and content I, causes people to want to watch more of your good content. Exactly. exactly. It doesn't matter. And it works the other way. Yeah. So even, you know, like shorts content, the win there is that it's just getting thrown in front of people right. to where you don't have to get people to click on it. Shorts. So that's it, how it can lead to the long so form. I like to think of shorts is like, uh, you know, like, cause you've got like a shotgun shell, mm -hmm. right? A shotgun shell has got pellets, mm -hmm. right? So shotgun shell sprays versus like a single, a, a single slug or something like that, right? A video is like a slug versus a shotgun. Yeah, like a long like, form it's like a sprayed <laughs> thing, right? But no, I mean, G Gary's right. It's just, you have to understand there are people who, if it's really good short, they will come over to see what else you've got right. going on. I've left TikTok from somebody's short video over there, some yeah. shorter vertical video there. I've left TikTok to come find somebody on YouTube to find their long form content there. But they there. had to be exceptionally it was, it was good. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's the and, key. 
Um, I've also done that from YouTube shorts as well. And well, I've watched right. long form and I've been like, huh, I wonder if they're making shorts or not and checked out their shorts and then sat there and learned like a hundred things in like right. over the course of like a few minutes right. compared to, you know, a deep dive on something right. in, in their long form yeah. content. So my, it goes in every direction. My whole point is, is there's, there's something for everyone. Yeah. Like if when I want to sit down to watch short form content, I want to watch short. I don't want to engage in a 10 minute video. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm mindlessly watching stuff. If right. I'm watching short videos, right. that's, that's what I'm mindlessly looking at. Stuff. Not trying to like hardcore engage at that moment in time. Right. Yeah. Right. End of the night brains a little bit, you yeah. know, toast or whatever. Yeah, and you're just, like, just Oh man, been dead. one of those days. Yeah. yeah. Sitting there watching. Yeah. yeah. It's one totally. of these days. Nope. I'm not interested in watching your 10 minute video. Right. Not right. interested. Yep. Right. Um, paranormal uh, Sue Seekers says, or truth, truth Seeker says, my niche is in the, um, thank you for the super chat, by the way, says, um, my niche super is in the chat. paranormal and it's one that is hard to find advice for growing a channel for. Any advice that you can share is my channel has little to no growth as old as it is. So here's the thing when it comes to Travis MCP in the house, MVP What's in up, our Travis? world. Most valuable player always, in our world, Travis. What's going on, my MVP. dude? Hope that you're doing fantastic. Love seeing you swing by the stream, dude. I hope that you're doing awesome. Hope that you're delighted to see D and I hanging out here streaming as well. Gives that nostalgia vibes from like a few years ago, right? It's awesome. Love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. So, um, the uh, nostalgia vibes when when Travis comes in yeah. the room, instant nostalgia vibes. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. So, um, um, in terms of the advice for the paranormal channel, um, here's the thing is when it comes to the advice that you're hearing, like I'll get comments like that and they're like, Hey Nick, why don't you, you know, show us how to grow a gaming channel? Um, or, you know, Hey Nick, I have this channel about, you know, um, you know, my pet pigeon and, um, I don't see any, you know, advice on your, on your channel about how to grow a, a channel about a pet pigeon. Right. So like one of the things that, you know, you have to remember uh, since a channel pivot, one of the things that you have to remember pigeons. Yeah. yeah. One of the things you have to remember <laughs> though, is that like, you know, when it comes to YouTube, like the baseline rules are the same in terms of like, you got to learn how to people get people to click on what it is that you're doing and you got to learn how to give them a good experience with your content. So what does that look like? So, um, like in your particular case, like here you have like a, um, a thumbnail, I'm looking at your channel right now and you have a thumbnail right here. It's in the, the, the text going across the screen, the most prominent text on the screen. That's the biggest and the easiest to read says around the campfire. The next thing I look at is either you or the fire that's happening in the background. The thing that would help me know that this has something to do with the paranormal, the part where you say ghost and spirits, what's the difference? Um, first difference is being cut off by or covered up by the timestamp that I'm, that I have here on the screen. Um, but that's the smallest thing in your thumbnail, right? So in terms of like advice, the, the, the things that we talk about in terms of using your thumbnails to help people identify that the content that you are publishing is something that, that they might be interested in and helping them identify that as a glance is really important. It applies to everything. And the reason for that is because like, if you take out your phone right now, and you just start, you know, sitting Let's there and you start scrolling through, um, you know, you start scrolling through YouTube and you're looking for, let's say you're looking for something Sheesh. to watch as it's you're sitting 9 here, 30 PM and it's 102 degrees. Holy cow. <laughs> as, as you're, as you're sitting there and you're going through the scroll, then, you know, you, you're looking at thumbnails, maybe you drop the titles from time to time, but really, you know, you're just kind of skimming through and you're not analyzing everything. So for, you know, for everybody here that's using all of this different text on your screen to where it's not like focused in any way, um, what you're doing there is you're making it harder for people to understand what your content could possibly be about. So in your case, since you are talking about paranormal things, I would start leveraging some of that type of imagery. So I would go and I would start looking at some of the paranormal channels. I would go and I would hop 
hop on like all the stock photo websites and I would see how they are representing paranormal. I would go and I would hop on Google images and see how they're representing paranormal and look for themes and like stylistic themes and then start applying those to some of the thumbnails that you're putting together so that as people are being presented your content on their home pages or recommended next to other videos that it stands out as that type of content. So like one thing that you have to also remember is like when, when somebody logs into YouTube, if they're, you know, on a mobile device or phone or, you know, computer or whatever, um, when they log in, YouTube is giving them a bunch of content that they are likely to enjoy. So that means if somebody's watching paranormal content and they're watching a lot of paranormal content, then they're going to see some paranormal stuff on their homepage. And if all of that stuff is doing what I just talked about in terms of helping people recognize at a glance without having to put any mental energy into it, that it has something to do with paranormal content, then those are going to win the click over yours where it's more focused on, you know, the text that you have and, uh, you know, like the image of uh, like you and the thumbnail, right? So because of that, well, the thing that I would I would really work on in your case, because um, you know, like your titles, you know, you're talking about the stuff in your titles, so you're doing that sort of thing. But I would definitely lean more on trying to get as much, you know, paranormal things as you possibly can um, into your thumbnail images to help people be able to identify that it has something to do with paranormal. All right. We've got both Travis MCP and Roberto Blake in the house. Nice. And Travis says, party. Nimenati, the party, Nim we can start the party now. Party's going to get started. And this is how we're going to start the party. Travis says, Nimenati for life. That's right, man. He says, where are the M&Ms? All right. Some real talk here. High cholesterol, getting a little bit older, got some uh, triglyceride stuff going on, a little bit of high blood pressure, had to cut out the M&Ms. I hope your colonoscopy went well, Travis. I saw you tweeting about that. Old people stuff. Uh, so that's parties getting started now. Old people. Hashtag old people. Hashtag old, pe hashtag old folks. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag getting old. Hashtag had so, to cut out all the stuff. So, uh, so Roberto Blake. Keeping this is it a, real. Keeping it real. This is a really great suggestion. Um, you know, and this is another place where, you know, AI can be helpful. Is Roberto mentioned that you could also use Midjourney to create paranormal thumbnail themes. Oh, totally. Yeah. And then that would be a way that you could kind of, you know, use Midjourney to, um, to, you know, kind of express the ideas that you have of the videos that you're putting together um so that's a really that's a fantastic idea uh roberto thank you um so yeah like um yeah and also just as a heads up since we're talking about health Travis, stuff yeah. just as a heads up so i just found out that i was like really low in vitamin d and um and i've been like you know seriously taking all kinds of you know vitamin d and all of that and since i've been doing that my mood has improved oh really my motivation has improved even with this low yep low, you, really? yep my motivation has improved my mood has improved you know how my back hurts it still yeah. hurts but um um it actually hurts a little bit less and i was like there's no way this can be connected so i hopped online yeah, man. Yeah, dude. and i never saw like if you look for symptoms of like low vitamin D it shows yeah. like all of these other things like you about your scurvy? brain and things like that yeah, that's vitamin C, but think, um yeah. but I I specifically looked for vitamin D in pain and apparently um uh when you have low to low vitamin D your body is more susceptible to pain and you can't handle pain as much either that's why so, you're a wimp that's why I'm a, that's why I'm a wimp right yeah. I almost said the wrong word there I yeah, almost that's said why it I'm a wimp. Yeah. I almost said it too I, that was yeah, so close to coming out of my yeah, mouth it was really close and here I, too. Yeah, yeah like it was right on my tongue and I caught it and I was like no 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 yeah real that one back in <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, you know, but that's why. Yeah. So, uh, uh, but yeah, like, um, you know, now I, you know, better. I anticipate, I mean, still, it's still bad, but like yeah, I, yeah, I anticipate yeah. that over the next, you know, probably like, you know, month or two is all that kind of gets a little bit better that, uh, that, you know, that, uh, yeah, it should be, uh, should be all right. You could up your intake of vitamin D too. Yeah. I'm Depending going to. On, yeah. Yeah. I'm going I told to. you. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I'm taking a much higher one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Going to. Great. 
So but anyway, quick tip, if you're feeling like low under the weather, you know, something like that, like mentally foggy, you know, things like that, go get your vitamin D checked. Yeah, um, yeah it can B12 make a really big is a good one, too. So somebody yeah. in the chat, that's true. Yeah. And we're not doctors, anything like that. Just saying, go get checked. Um, I've played doctor. So, so, uh, Deanna Louise, I think we did. (laughs) Yeah, we did Deanna Louise uh, already. So, uh, let's see here. So next up we've got, uh, JNS adventures says they do daily content. Uh, they do travel vlogs and tech tips. Um, the goal of the channel is to share their experience with the audience. And the question is in Streamyard, how do you stop double audio for coming through the stream and the end user, such as presenting a video from a tab during the show? So, um, turn off the audio in the tab. Yeah. You got to turn off the audio in the tab. So, um, if you are presenting that video, you either have to shut off your microphone. If you have it coming out of speakers, um, you have to either shut off your microphone and then feed it through that way, or you have to mute the tab and then, you know, focus on your audio while you're talking about whatever it is that you're showing. Also make sure that you do have, um, if you're using like any type of like roadcast or any type of mixer, anything like that. Um, there's also a function called mix minus, Hey, Eileen, hope you're doing fantastic. Nice to see you on the stream. Um, but make sure that you also have something called mix minus turned on. If you are feeding everything through an interface, um, because then that, that also helps control some of that stuff too. Some of that feedback that that happens minus will get you every time. So Luxenda swirl resin tumblers, uh, been on YouTube for a year or more. They do DIY edutainment. Can I just say before you answer this, we've only been streaming for an hour and a half and it feels like four hours already. Nice. 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 I think nice. I don't know. Is that nice or, or not? No, is that like I, a good no, thing or a bad I did, thing? I thought he's was, sitting over there like, why did I agree to do yeah, this? Yeah, I'm just like, like how many more minutes? Minutes? What do you mean? We still got like an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, no I, I, I thought, I thought it was like eleven or something. I thought it was like eleven, and I looked at it was nine thirty. I was like, Are you gotta be kidding. Yeah. I was waiting for you to say, and on that note, <laughs> wrap it up. It's nine thirty. Wow. No, so it's, it's uh, a good thing. It's just moving, moving. Uh, I thought it was, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Uh-huh. I thought it was 11 is 9. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so the uh, goal of the channel is helping uh, folks make resin tumblers. And the question is, hey, Nick, um, if you have hidden someone from your channel so no one can see their comments any longer, can that hidden person still join your channel's membership? And if so, do they show up in the analytics list of members? So they would show up as somebody that's joined to your channel, but I'm not 100% sure if they can join. That's a pretty specific uh, question. I have no idea if, um, if banned people can join your membership or not. I would think not, but I don't yeah. know. I really don't know. Um, that that's a nuance that I've never like ran into or had to think about or like experience in any way. So um, so I really really don't know. Got some vitamin. Sorry, wish I could help you there, but uh, I don't That's know the answer. Vitamin to that D information down here. All right, uh, got to take vitamin D with vitamin K two to avoid soft tissue calcification. calcification. Oh, nice. Well, I am nice. much going to be calcified. Yeah, let's. Well, uh, yeah, it's a good thing to Thank to you. Google. Thank you. Um, Fat Ride is our uh, next channel here. Fat Ride does uh, fat biking. Um, the goal of the channel is I enjoy fat biking community, enjoying the process of making videos. Um, the, is the question tire, is, the I, I, I'm bikes? not sure. I'm not sure. Um, question is, um, does loading a short every day help based on good, interesting content? Um, so when it comes to uploading shorts every day, if you are publishing shorts, especially if you're a shorts channel, and you're publishing YouTube shorts every day, um, as long as people are responding to your shorts, then you can't really go wrong. 
if you are publishing shorts and like nobody's like you know none of them are are getting any traction because people just aren't responding to them well in the shorts then and the short shelf then in that case i would kind of pull back a little bit and i would spend more time trying to make the shorts better and more time on the skill development side in terms of video editing and presenting whatever you know um, information or, or you know things you're showing in the videos whatever learning how to you know do all that stuff in the best way that you possibly can um to where you're kind of mixing the time there to where you pull back a little bit on your publish publishing and then you uh use that time you know to 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 you know to practice things to you know to, to get better at the craft um and then once you start getting the response then it's consistent and once you start getting that consistent response then then you know start ramping things up if you uh if you want to next question we've got uh let's see here this is from Physics This Week. Physics This Week does educational content. The goal of the channel is educating my students, monetization for equipment and demos. Question is, um, I have one video that produces 60% of my views over the last year. Its view count is dropping over time. Is it about an, um, It's about an online proctoring I used to use. The rest of the videos are about physics topics. I currently have 3,200 hours of watch time. 2,000 of that is one off-topic video. Is that one skewing the recommendations away from my true audience? Should I remove it? So if you have an entire channel full of a certain type of content and that's targeting a very specific audience and you have like one video that is something that that particular audience is not likely to enjoy, um, then in that particular case, um, if it was me and my channel um, or if you know, I was working with you in some capacity, I would say to, to take it down. But that's without having like crystal clear context on what is going on. Um, so the exercise that you just kind of want to run with that one is if somebody were to watch some of these other videos on my channel, would they also be likely to watch and enjoy that video? If the answer is no, then in that particular case, I would take it down. Um, if the answer is like, yeah, they would probably enjoy this, then in that case, leave it up, even if it's just a little bit outside of, you know, what it is that you're normally doing, if you think it's something they could get value from. Um, but if it's not, then in that case, you know, I, I would take it down, even though that one is, uh, you know, giving you 2,000 hours of your watch time. But keep in mind, and this part is the most important, if you're trying to get into the partner program, if you're not there yet, um, then in that case, keep in mind, when you do take that video down, um, that 2,000 hours that are accredited to that video, Video within the last 365 days, um, that particular video is going to take you down to 1,200 hours if you delete that, which means that you're still going to have to, you know, replace that plus the additional in order to hit that 4,000. So you might want to wait on that until you get into the partner program, and then you get a little bit ahead of, you know, your watch hours there, and then come back later and take that down. Now, in terms of people coming in and enjoying that particular video, sure, you can go and see the people that are subscribed to that video. You can go and your recent videos. You can look and see if they're new viewers or returning viewers um, so you can kind of get an idea of what's happening there but in terms of you know 60 percent of your views um, you know coming from one video in that particular case that's okay as long as that video is in alignment with the direction that you're trying to move your uh, that you're trying to move your channel in next next up David Matney, what's up, dude? Hope you're doing awesome. Uh, welcome to the stream today. Thank you for the super chat. Says, um, um, how does a live stream schedule affect a weekly video publishing schedule? So um, it, it doesn't impact the videos themselves unless you are, you know, kind of competing with them. So for example, you will never see me live streaming on the same day that I upload a video. Um, technically, if I was going to do that, then I would do the video and then I would make that that or I would do the live stream and then I would make the video a premiere and then I would drive that live traffic to that premiere and hang out with them there um, for that initial impact on that if I was going to upload a video on the same day. Um, 
but I would, I would, I wouldn't do those on the same day. Uh, I would let, you know, your live stream be the live stream and get promoted as the live stream, catch some of the, you know, replay traffic on that, and then, you know, publish your video um, after that, or publish your video, give that one, you know, time to do what it does on your channel, and then, you know, and then do your live stream. Best thing you can do in that particular case is if you have a schedule in terms of like, okay, I upload videos on Monday and then I live stream on Friday, um, and you just stick to that schedule, then that's great because then, you know, everybody knows what's going on there. Um, you know, your audience is going to know you have that strict schedule that helps you keep everything sustainable in your lifestyle as it relates to creating content on a regular basis and all that. Um, so, um, so because of that, I would just figure that part out in terms of when am I publishing videos and when am I streaming? And if you are publishing, let's say earlier in the week, then I would stream later in the week if it fits into your schedule versus stacking everything up, um, into, into one. But I would definitely. So one thing I've been Welcome doing on my channel um, over the last Nimenati. month is I've been focusing um, almost entirely on live streaming, and um, you know my it's it's really like my my channel's definitely taken a hit for it. Um, so you know I also recommend that you know some people can pull off live streams to where you know like they will carry all the weight for the channel. I don't have the capacity to do that. I'm not, like just the particular things that I offer and how people respond to them and just my ability to do it. Um, I'm just not one of those, you know, people or I haven't, you know, figured that out yet um, on my channel. So because of that, um, in my particular case, like I have to make sure that I'm publishing video content based on this experiment. I have to make sure that I'm publishing video content on a regular basis as well in order to keep everything, you know, kind of moving the way that I like, you know, things to be going on in the channel. New channel member. Um, Orbital Search Group, welcome to the Nimenati. Make sure when you get the chance, um, you go to nimenvip.com. Um, that's going to redirect you um, to MembersAmp. Um, and once you connect over there, then you're going to see, you're going to get some stuff that you can download right away. And then um, once you do that, then you're going to see an option for Facebook. If you want access to our members only Facebook group, which I recommend that you do if you're okay with, you know, being, if you're like okay with Facebook, some people don't like Facebook, but, um, um, but just make sure that you unlock that option and then that you follow the link there to go to the Facebook group and then fill out the information. And once you do that, then I can um, let you in there um, after the stream is complete, if you can do it before the stream's over today. Welcome to the Deminati. So uh, let's hear. So next up. He also asks, um, he asked a question right after joining. He says, hey guys, do you recommend a video editing program? Yeah. So, um, uh, if, if you're going to be doing a mixture of video editing and screen recording, then I recommend you use Camtasia. If you're going to be doing videos only, then in that particular case, um, Adobe Premiere is really popular. Um, Final Cut Pro is really popular if you're on a Mac. DaVinci da Resolve um, is also really popular, and that one's free. Um, the only real downside of DaVinci is that it can be taxing on a computer. Um, so, like, the reports on that one is that, you know, that it's just a heavy load on a computer compared to a lot of other software. So, um, so there is free options like that available for you as well but those are really the core ones like there's a bunch of other you know pieces of software but um but it just depends on exactly what it is that you are you know trying to do um with your content like one thing to think about is like you know some people will start using adobe premiere because everybody uses premiere and uh they find that like, well, I'm just doing like basic cuts and I'm not doing like anything else I need all this other stuff for. And in a case like that, Premiere's way overkill. And that's where you would be better using something like, you know, Camtasia or something like that. And then you have on the other side to where it's like, hey, let me start with something like Filmora. And then you find that it, you know, comes with all kinds of limitations. So then you're like, okay, well, if that has a bunch of limitations, then now after I'm going here, now I need to upgrade and learn a whole other interface after I've already gotten proficient in that one. So 
I would think long-term about like, okay, what do I want my content to eventually look like? What type of features do, you know, are important to me, you know, for trying to get content to, you know, to, to look and feel the way that I want it to. Um, and then I would pick your software based on, uh, based on that. Good answer. Roberto says my streams have done uh, very well when I use chapters, but even with um, weekly streams, what I found optimal is two to three weekly uploads. Um, it's hard, but um, it's what consistently works. Yeah, I can do it with two. Um, I technically, I can do it with one in a live, like one video in a live stream. Um, but like, you know, thriving. Yeah, two videos, uh, two videos in a live stream is kind of like my sweet spot for me, too. Um, let's see here. So next up, we got Pharmacist Michael. Pharmacist Michael uploads every other day. Um, they do health and wellness content. The goal of the channel is to promote my business, um, Sunshine Nutraceuticals. Shout out to Sunshine Nutraceuticals. We shout don't out. endorse, but shout out. Um, the question is, um, I'm currently concentrating on podcasts. I also post about medications, healthy recipes, and different uh, disease states. Is it best to just do podcasts? I've been interviewing people about their different health problems and how they cope. So in terms of content type, um, with that, it really comes down to like what it is you're trying to do. So some things to think about is when it comes to podcasts on YouTube, they can be very successful. Um, but it's helpful if you bring some type of audience with you to kind of get it, you know, rolling. But if you're starting everything from scratch, then you know, podcasts can have a little bit of a slower start on YouTube. So if you are going to do that, one thing that I recommend is that you do also have like supplemental content that you upload. So for example, if you have your main podcast that you do, either having clips that you also upload on that channel or having another channel that you upload clips from your podcast, so that you can be putting out content that is also, you know, just easier to consume there. And then also using YouTube shorts as well to get your podcast in front of as many people as you possibly can by also, you know, kind of clipping some moments out of your content and putting it up um, into YouTube shorts as well. And the win there with YouTube shorts is like people don't have to, they don't have to make a decision to click on it. It just shows up. So then if they enjoy that piece of content, then they can, you know, subscribe to what it is that you're doing and they can, you know, look for your actual episodes. And the downside of doing the clips and the long form on the channel is that you still have to get people to click on that. Now, since you are doing a podcast, a win that you do have though, is that YouTube has just made podcasts available inside of Apple Music. Um, and they YouTube. also, and YouTube, YouTube. what did I say? You said YouTube podcast made it available inside of Apple Music. Oh, I'm sorry, YouTube Music, thank you. YouTube Music. Yeah, so right. they made it to where in YouTube Music, um, people can now find podcasts as well. So just as a reminder, everybody that's hanging out here, um, or if you're like listening to this in the background, you can now find this in YouTube Music as well under the podcast section. You just look for Nimmin Live and it'll pop up. Um, and you can like listen to this, you know, in the background. So you can like close your screen and all that and just kind of listen to it as well. So, um, so it's available there um, once the replay is available. But when it comes to the, your format, it's really thinking about like, okay, if I'm trying to, um, you know, bring as much attention as I can to, um, to, my, to my nutraceutical company, then in that particular case, um, what I would recommend that you do is I would do the podcast if that's something that you want to do. But when it comes to a podcast, those usually typically last like 30 to 30 hours or 30 hours, 30, 30 minutes. Hours. Yeah, it's a long <laughs> one. Those usually last like 30 minutes to an hour or so. So when it comes to the amount of time that you're going to spend putting a podcast, together. Yes, you can, you, you can definitely do that as long as people respond well to the podcast, but you might also want to consider, um, maybe shaving off like 20 minutes and then spending that 20 minutes to make unique shorts for the short shelf that also share, uh, you know, just some like quick tips for people or, you know, some type of format like that so that you can at least get your, um, message out to, you know, a lot more people through the short shelf while you're trying to, you know, learn how to get people to respond to the actual podcast. Um, or another approach would be to 
to um, not do the podcast and instead do video content that would target the audience that your that your company targets um, with video content, so that uh, so that you could you know add value to them through videos, and then you'd be able to have the long form video content. You would have shorts going out, um, and then both of those would be you know also other options. So. When it comes to format, just think what be works best for you. But in terms of bringing as much attention to Sunshine Nutraceuticals as possible, I believe that you should, whatever it is that you do, it doesn't matter if you do podcasts or long form, but I believe that you should do short content and that you should also put that um, that short content onto TikTok, Instagram Reels, Clapper, and any other vertical platform that, that you can find. Um, so then that way, in addition to leveraging YouTube, you're also leveraging Instagram, TikTok, Facebook Reels, um, you know, Clapper, uh, you know, any of the other, you know, vertical apps that are out there. Because when you make that one vertical YouTube short, as long as you don't upload it to YouTube first and then download it, because I have the watermark and that can cause suppression on some of the other platforms. So because of that, you want to make sure that you're uploading, you know, the original version to each platform um, and that you're not using the platform music as well. Um, and then that way, that gives you the ability to make one piece of content and distribute it all over the place. And what you might find in doing that is maybe you're going to just crush it in YouTube shorts um, and maybe you're not going to get a great response on TikTok or maybe you're going to crush it in Instagram reels, but you're not going to get a great response in YouTube shorts, or maybe, you know, maybe you're going to crush it everywhere except YouTube. Maybe you're going to crush it on YouTube, but nowhere else. But the idea is that you're just getting it out there with that one piece of content. You're putting it everywhere to get you in front of the, the people that you're trying to reach on whatever platform it is that they happen to be on. That's the idea. And then from there, then think about, do I want to make videos or do I want to make podcasts? What's the best use of my time? What, what would I enjoy more? Because the long game is what you want to think about when it comes to YouTube. But another thing, and, and this is why I was thinking about video content is when it comes to making videos over the podcast, that also gives you more content that you can optimize for search around specific topics and things like that. So that you can also have like the content that, you know, you're trying to get traction from, from recommendations, but then you could also go after very specific search terms that the people that you're looking for that are, that you're trying to serve are searching on YouTube and you can, you know, make content for those particular search terms so that people will, you know, come and find you that way too. So since you're trying to bring attention to your company, um, you know, like you have to think about like, what do I need to make in order to be able to reach people regardless of where it is that they're consuming content or how it is that they're finding content. That was a 10 minute answer. Yeah. I should have recorded that one actually. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I should have, uh, I should have done, I should have, uh, wow. recorded that one. I could have like made something in the kitchen, made a smoothie, could have made a smoothie, come so. back, <laughs> drank the smoothie, went back for seconds. That's right. But now they know what to do. So that's good. <laughs> now they know right. what to do. Yep. yep. So, um, so next up we have uh, Gamer Kitty uh, Euphoric. They upload one time per week or more. Um, the type of channel is gaming tutorials and let's plays. Um, the goal of the channel says uh, to entertain and give people something to look forward to and cheer people up and build a community. Um, the question is, I don't know where to go with my channel. I try to rank for search by using tutorials, but that's not my favorite content. I'm not sure if I should just continue with tutorials or if I should focus on what I love, let's plays, but doing let's plays seems boring. So I've been looking for ways to improve a, uh, improve a game playthrough. My question is, how can I stand out as a creator in an overly dominated niche of gameplay? And furthermore, how do I as a creator stop myself from seeing so few people watching and feeling like I'm wasting my time entirely? It's a great question. So when it comes to feeling that you're wasting your time, um, one of the things, yeah, I'm recording it on StreamYard side, so I'm good there. But the thing with the um, with recording it in the mini is that um, is that it's recording all the different cameras. Um, so then I can like switch back and forth and things like that um, instead of it 
happening like, you know, automatically. Um, but the thing to think about um, when it comes to, you know, thinking that you're wasting your time. So I know as a content creator that, that it can feel that way sometimes. But when it comes to deciding if you're wasting your time or not, um, this is where like knowing what you're trying to accomplish with your YouTube channel can be really important. Because if you have something that you're trying to accomplish, then like something very clear, it's, and it's not just necessarily like I'm trying to get a lot of subscribers. But like, you know, I'm trying to have the best gameplay channel on YouTube that is going to fill in the blank, right? And when you have something like that, then it gives you something that you can actually strive for. And when you're striving for it and you see any type of activity heading in that right direction, then it, that lets you know, like, hey, I'm not wasting my time. I'm striving for something. This is something that I'm working for. And when you're working for anything, right? Like, you know, at the beginning of a lot of stuff, you put in a lot of work up front so that you can, you know, reap the rewards later. So for example, if I were to um, start playing guitar, well, in that particular case, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna waste so much time sitting there just trying to get my fingers to work right. I'm gonna waste a bunch of time like learning what the different chords are and all the different chord progressions and things like that. And I'm you know learning what the pickups are and learning what you know all the details of what the actual you know guitar does and and all of that. Well, I'm gonna spend a substantial amount of time doing that. And if I just said, hey, doing this is wasting my time, then I would never be a good guitar player. And I'm not, and I don't I don't play guitar. But like you know the idea idea is like if you you know look at it that way then you're kind of sabotaging yourself for the future you know people go to school they go into debt to go to college for four years or eight years or whatever they go into debt to do that and they don't they don't see the positive side of that until you know until they get out of school after four years um on youtube minimum minimum yeah minimum on youtube you know it, it's different because you know it's it's based your performance is going to be based on how creative you can get and how aggressive you are at trying to make it happen um so you know like what might take one person that isn't as aggressive or that isn't as hungry, what might might take that person two years to figure out somebody that's hungry and that like really wants to figure it out, they'll be able to figure it out, you know, in, in you know, a, a, a series of months because they're just dedicating all of their, you know, time and efforts to it, um, where the other person's just taking it more casual because it's not as important to them. So in your case, if you're trying to, you know, be somebody that stands out in the space, the very first thing you want to do is go look at what everybody else is doing, like in the Let's Play world and think, how can I shake this up a little bit? What can I do that would be different? So as soon as somebody clicks on my video and they come into my video, what can I do right at that moment that separates me from what everybody else is doing? So for example, if somebody comes in and, and, and everybody's in the gameplay world is like, you know, hey, welcome to this video. You know, today we're going to be doing this. Instead of doing that, you know, maybe uh, you do something, you know, crazy. Maybe you jump towards the camera, right? And you're like, you know, hey, this is what we're doing. Let me grab your attention real quick. This is what we're going to be doing in this game. And blah, Vsauce, blah. Michael here. Right. Yeah, yeah, really <laughs> pop up from the screen there from underneath. Like, yeah, exactly. Like Vsauce. Mm -hmm. um, and just do little things like that to where as soon as they as soon as they click on it they're getting something that feels different like right out of the gate and then from there you as somebody that's wanting to you know be really good at doing let's plays because that's something that you really enjoy you know what other let's players are doing you know what it is that you're doing so what you have to do is try to just think of like okay if I was watching my videos, what could I do to where I would think to myself like, wow, that's really good. Or like, wow, that was super entertaining. Or wow, I didn't know that. Or, you know, like, oh, like, holy cow, I wish I would have known about this channel years ago or whatever the thing is. Like, you know, try to find those particular moments um, with what it is that you're doing and, and lean into those types of things. It could be your set. It could be your presentation. It could be the things that you show or don't show in your games. Um, you know, all kinds of different options. It could be that you build a story going into your actual game. You're 
video starts and it's you talking about your love of the game and what it is that you're doing and you have this video sequence that you go through that actually leads you into the game all kinds of fun stuff you could do but experiment with those types of uh those types of things i think we got a fire really yeah. like legitimately nice gotta love this electric roberto says what you want to make is not the same as what most people want to watch. And it's one of the hardest lessons you'll have to learn as a content creator. Yep, totally. Yeah, you got to learn how to, you know, like making content for yourself versus making content to other people. Two totally different, uh, two, two totally different games uh, being played there. So the, um, the next channel here is Sweet Dreams Travel. Sweet Dreams Travel says they do travel content. The goal of the channel is to provide information to travelers to better their experience. And the question is, what are the best places to do research on trending topics related to topics of interest? For example, Google, Google Trends, are there any other places to look at? Um, Google Trends is fantastic um, because then you're actually tapping into the system that is all, or tapping into part of the system that you're also publishing content on. Um, so that's good. Um, technically, you could search for like hashtags and things like that on other platforms um, as well if you're looking for those sorts of things. But in terms of like trending topics on your niche specifically, um, Google Trends is, is probably the place you want to go. Um, and with that as well, like, um, you know, when you're looking at the trends, you have like the front page of like, hey, this is what's going on in the world right now. But then you also have where you can put in all the different topics and you scroll down the page and it shows you all the breakouts and things like that. Um, so you can make, you know, content around those things. Um, so, yeah, I would say I would say Google Trends is, is the one that you want to that you want to roll with. Next up, we got one step, one step. So no fire? No. Where well, did you I, think there was a fire? Well, first of all, I thought I smelled something. Okay. And then I started looking around and I saw a flickering back here with this light. Ah. Uh. And I thought maybe one of the bulbs were, were starting to, to burn up, but it wasn't. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Mm. But I don't, you don't smell that? I don't. Fighting Games says the um, goal of the channel is to turn my skills and passion into a profitable and fun career. Um, the question is, my dude, good morning. Um, no, um, if there is something burning and it do, like we both just kind of like go to sleep in here. Right. At least they'll know. Yeah. yeah. Right. Listen, listen, if we just pass out on camera, call <laughs> yeah. somebody. Yeah, right. Call somebody. <laughs> Let them know. Let them know that there's a fire here. We pass out inside. That would be crazy. That it? would. Yeah. Travis and D's having a stroke. Hey, it's possible. They, I think it's like burnt hair or something that you smell uh in that case i think no no i, I you know what i said you know when an insect lands on a bulb and it has that distinct, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i kind of smell like a whiff of that oh interesting and i was like huh i wonder huh. if something and i saw that flickering and i was like oh no <laughs> oh no so uh, let's hear one, one step says, uh, good morning. I've um, um, so I've been experimenting with YouTube ads via the YouTube studio. Oh, okay. So they have it in there too. Um, says that I'm curious. It says I owe $26 for my ad, but I'm supposed to get a $400 payout from YouTube. Do you know if that money, the $26 comes out of the 400 order? I pay it separately. Just curious. Thanks for all you do. I have not experimented with that feature yet. So I'm not 100% certain on this. Um, I'm going to be experimenting with it um, for some content that's on my YouTube channel where I promote stuff. Um, so I'll I'll be able to report back on that in the future. But as of right now, I'm not sure exactly how that works yet. Roberto left a great comment. He said, instead of focusing on what's trending, think about why it's trending. Love that. I do smell burning here. Rhonda's, do you really? Man, if I have a stroke on cam, that would be crazy. Yeah, you hopefully, hopefully somebody clips it, you right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> no, clip that. Clip that. You don't smell that, seriously? I don't. You're around all the electronics, though. So, uh, so Hello? you might have you might have had you might have had something like you know going to the yeah. computer over there or something. I'm not yeah. sure. Or it could be a stroke, Travis. Yeah, you be. might have called it. You're still communicating okay, so I think you're all right. 
you could, you know what? That could have told you. That would have been an opportunity. Be like, I can't understand you. No, yeah, yeah. right. So you're, you're like, what? Yeah, D, D you're slurring. <laughs> Seriously, you don't smell that? I don't. So Rhonda's lovely sparks I'm, I'm ASMR. I'll be back. <laughs> is the uh, next question here? They're helping uh, with relaxation, healing, and anxiety relief. The goal of the channel is monetization and helping people with anxiety. Um, the question is: I do long form uh, four times per week and five second short forms eight days, um, seven day or all eight a day. For uh, why why are you doing five second short form uh, videos? But anyway, um, says, um, let's see here, seven days a week. For an underperforming short, um, I reschedule another daytime. Rescheduling has helped a lot. Does this hurt my algorithms when rescheduling and why? Gained 200 subs in two weeks. In the past, barely three subs per month, so it's been lucrative in analytics. Um, is it better to delete and why? So I'm not 100% understanding like what's going on here. So you're uploading five-second YouTube shorts is what you're, is what you're uploading here. Um, yeah, that's that's interesting. I'm I'm uh yeah, so for for a 5 second short yeah. Yeah, I'm not really sure um yeah, on on that one, I'm not really sure. But anyway, for an unperforming short, let's go there. Um so I reschedule it for another day in time. So in terms of republishing shorts, YouTube actually recommends that you don't do that. So if you have a short that underperforms and then you turn off uh, or then you, you know, take that short down. Um, in that case, like YouTube doesn't want you like publishing a short and then deleting that short and then publishing the short again and then deleting the short and publishing again, you know, hoping that it'll work. Um, so that's something that they don't recommend that you do. Um, in terms of does it hurt my algorithm? So in terms of your algorithm, so the way that YouTube works, it's not like um, it's not like that. So instead of thinking of YouTube like a computer, think of YouTube like it's a large group of people, okay? And when you publish your video, instead of thinking that it goes into a computer and a computer is making things happen, think of it that it's going on stage in front of a bunch of people and some of those people are going to choose to interact with it. And the more people that choose to interact with it and that enjoy the interaction that they have, the more of those people are going to come and start interacting um, with that video as well. Um, start thinking of it that way instead of thinking that you're like, you know, messing up, you know, your algorithms or, you know, anything like that. And one thing um, just to mention, and this is something um, as well for the channel that's also having trouble with the spam problem um, in terms of the one that got their channel deleted that tagged us on Twitter. So uh, Renee mentions here that deleting and republishing videos will likely get you flagged for spamming as well. And you can lose your channel over that. So just keep in mind when it comes to, you know, that particular practice, it's something that is frowned upon by YouTube. And um, as Renee just mentioned, you know, there, there can be, you know, penalties involved there. Um, so, you know, just be mindful um, of that. But in terms of, uh, let's see here. In terms of them working out well for you, yeah, it's awesome to hear that people are, you know, responding well to your shorts. Um, but, but you know, I would definitely just make sure that you're, you know, just when you put them up there, you keep them up there. Um, and also keep in mind, like sometimes, like shorts, it'll go up there and it'll just seem like it's dead and then it'll pick up later. I've actually been sharing some fun screenshots on my Twitter account um, lately of, uh, of videos that sucked out of the gate and then they came back to life later. One of them um, came from Reddit, from a post that somebody put on Reddit and their video was like flatlined. I don't know if you saw this, D. No. Their video was flatlined for 13 years. And then it jumped up. I did up. see that in the spike. Yeah, it jumped yeah, up to, I yeah, I, I think, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think it jumped up to like 300,000 views that, or something yeah. crazy. Yeah. I can't find anything. 
I think it may have been like a little mosquito sitting on the Might have. Like Might have. We got a lot of lights and stuff. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. possible it got in there. Yeah. Squared Phoenix Gaming um, says that they do gaming content. Um, the goal of the channel is to become the go-to in the field. The question is, hey, guys, do either of you use any sort of note-taking or organization software to help you manage your YouTube business in order? Um, in order? And could you recommend one, or how do you keep on top of it? Um, absolutely. So for me, um, I actually have a video on my channel. Um, and it's one that I published recently, the last one I published, actually. That's an actual video. Um, and it's a video called Tools for YouTubers, um, or everything I use to create videos, something like that. But it's the last video I published. Um, but on that video, um, I shared that I currently use Monday.com. I don't recommend them. I'm actually going to move to something else. Um, but I currently use Monday, but I'm going to end up moving into Notion, um, I believe, for that, or Airtable or something else. Um, like Monday's okay. Like it, you know, it gets the job done. Um, but just some things that they did with like their upgrade plans and stuff like that, and just kind of, you know, raising prices out of nowhere. Where, um, yeah, there, there's just some things that they did that I that I wasn't happy with as a customer. So because of that, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be moving uh, somewhere else. And just, uh, other systems are just better than than theirs is at this point in time. So uh, so I'm gonna end up moving to something else. But as of right now, use Monday.com. But for you, it might end up being okay. You know, based on you know how you're gonna use it and stuff. So definitely check out. Here's some options for you: Monday.com, Airtable.com, Notion, Notion, um, Evernote, Trello. Um, Evernote. Um, Evernote's more of like a, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like Notion, it, it's sort of in a way. Um, but like Trello, um, if you plan to work with others in the future, then, you know, working, you know, in Trello can be helpful. Um, those are, you know, some good ones just off the top of my head um, to, to help you out there. I use Notion. And Google Suite, too. Like using like a spreadsheet and yeah. Google Sheets mixed with like uh, Google Notes um, or Google uh, Docs, like, you know, using those two things together um, can also just kind of help you, you know, and Google Docs um, as well. So basically use Google Drive, get a folder in there of like video ideas, and then basically write down all your video ideas as Google Docs, and then fill out the ones that you think are going to be the, you know, ones that you're going to go with. And then um, in terms of like bullet points or scripts or however you do it, and then from there have another folder folder that is like, you know, in the works in terms of videos that you're in the process of working on or scripting and then have a complete one that you move them into once it's done. You can use that system inside of Google Drive with Google Docs to manage that. That's how I used to do it back in the day. Um, and then if you wanted to list everything out, um, then you can also, um, you know, kind of side view that um, inside of Google Sheets. Um, and all of that is free as part of your uh, as part of your Google account. I use Notion for like a, a master organizational tool. So I can... You know, I'll put links to different stuff in here. Like, mm. here's an admin page, and like the, you know, we'll link out to like all the admins of different things that I have, right? Nice. Creator makes admin, login here, login, that sort of thing. But when it comes into like YouTube uh, organization, I've tried organizing things inside of Notion, but I find nothing works better for me than just like a pad and a, a pencil. Mm. Like a pad and a pen, Sharpie, something like that, just old school, post it notes, that sort of thing. Nice. Scribble paper, old nice. school. Yeah, that just works the best. Like, because I can put it in front of me. And it doesn't get closed. Nothing gets on top of it. It's just like right there, and I see it. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, so here, next up, we've got good question. Um, next up, we have um, best going solos. They do daily content. Um, they have an anime comparison edits like um, A versus B, who is strongest. 
Um, the goal is to reach a thousand subscribers. And the question, my videos all get hundreds of views, but only get zero to five subscribers. Why is this? Um, either one, you're not asking people to subscribe. Two, people aren't, um, you know, into it enough to where, you know, they want to subscribe. Um, three is that, you know, it's possible that, you know, some of the content that you're putting out on your channel, um, you know, might not be in alignment with, you know, all of the other content. It might be. I'm just saying, you know, one thing that can happen is, you know, um, some somebody might subscribe for one thing, but then they unsubscribe, you know, because they notice that all the other content on the channel um, isn't related to the thing that they subscribe for, things like that. Um, so really, yeah, it's, it's mostly that. But keep in mind, you say that, you know, all of your videos get hundreds of views. So keep in mind that when it comes to, you know, people subscribing, you know, for you, because all channels are different, people respond to everything differently, and all videos are different, even on your own channel. So, you know, you might have some videos where people subscribe, you know, you might get like one out of 100 people that watch the video subscribe, you might have other videos where one out of 50, you have other videos where one out of like 500 um, people subscribe or one out of 1000, you know, subscribe. So, um, so because of that, just keep keep in mind that scale helps <laughs> in terms of, you know, just just kind of ramping things up or just when your videos start getting more views, then naturally, the more people that are interacting with your content, the more people that are going to subscribe. But leaving those little nudges and just reminding people like, hey, I put out videos like this on a regular basis. If you're enjoying yourself, remember to subscribe somewhere towards the end of the video um, or somewhere in the middle where it's not going to really interrupt their place or, or inter interrupt their experience. But it's a place where you can kind of jump in while, you know, you're waiting for something else to happen. Um, you know, that can also be effective as well. Christine, a small Christina horn. Smallhorn, thanks for the heads up on Mother's Day. Super appreciate it. Oh, my goodness. Yep, 15 days. Shout out to mom. She might be watching. Yep. She's probably playing Call of Duty right now. It probably is. Yeah. 15 days. Mm -hmm. Man. Um, Alpha Yang Delete, Yaki Yang Delete, says um, their goal is to grow a gaming community around strategy games. The question is, can a channel grow if most of the content posted are live streams, or do you need to upload different types of content? Yes, absolutely, a channel can grow if you only live stream. Um, but keep in mind, like, like people have to respond exceptionally well to your live stream content. So, you know, when it comes to live streams, like you can get crushed in views in live streams, um, but you know, you have to, you have to really you know, get really good at getting people to click and really good at getting people to stick around, you know, when they come into your live streams. So one advantage of starting a channel that's live and growing it as live is it starts to be to where the people that are interacting with it are people that already enjoy live streams, right? So then, you know, they come in and they participate in your content and they enjoy the lives. Um, but, you know, when you are uploading additional types of content, it can definitely help carry the weight. Um, and what I mean by that is like, okay, if you're, if you're doing a live stream and your live stream is an hour long or two hours long or three hours long, then in that particular case, you know, a lot of people aren't going to click on it just because it's so long, right? Um, in some cases, people will, right? But in a lot of cases, people just won't click on it because it's so long. So then in that particular case, if you were uploading, you know, 10-minute videos to supplement that, then in that case, you know, everybody's got 10 minutes at some time in their week that they could, you know, sit down and watch your video. So it just starts making your content a little bit more accessible. So but if your live streams v are really long, then in that case, you know, having that other, you know, content is definitely a win. Gary Same v with shorts. Gary V probably doesn't have 10 minutes to sit down and waste. No, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he probably does actually. Yeah. <laughs> probably got a lot more time that's than what, that actually. Yeah, I want to yeah. see the film crew <laughs> capturing that. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. how right? That's the video I want to watch with Gary right, V. Right. Right. How Gary V wastes his time. Yeah. Cuz you know he does somewhere. Sure, sure. Totally. Leave me alone. I just want to I just want to like sure. mindlessly scroll somewhere. Totally. Or play Candy Crush. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> play Candy Crush. <laughs> um, but also, you know, in that particular case, you know, just thinking of shorts, you know, just, you know, that type of thing, like shorts and, you know, maybe some video content or whatever, just for the sake of accessibility and being able to meet viewers wherever they are, you know, all over the place. He plays Candy Crush. Of course he does. That's 
<laughs> That's funny. Uh, Bunga Logic, uh, thank you for the super chat. Says is coming short is coming shorts to make a long form video a good idea to get a four uh, to get four thousand views. I've done the work and the study to get a thousand. Now I'm working towards four thousand views or keep pushing shorts. Advice next step. Okay, so is combining shorts to make a long form video a good idea? So yes, you can do that because what you're doing is you're reformatting those shorts as like a long form video. So essentially, you're making a compilation in that particular case so instead of having it as like you know a short that's like a vertical short and just kind of having it like that you might want to think of like you know building a frame around it of some kind or you know having like a playlist of sorts to where it's like hey this short's playing while these are blurred out um, but there's still motion going on or something so it's interesting and then that one moves out of the way and then another plays just try to make it you know something that's interesting to look at um, as well but yeah you you can do that um, to where you essentially like remix your own content um, to an extent that um, that allows you to create you know, new content with old content that you have. So you can absolutely do that. Um, but you say, I've done the work in the study to get to a thousand. Now I'm working towards the 4,000 um, views or to keep pushing shorts. So when it comes to, um, I'm not sure what you mean by the 4,000 views. I think you might need mean um, 4,000 hours of watch time. Um, if you're going for the 4,000 hours of watch time, then in that particular case, um, you're going to need the long form videos for that. Because if you're trying to get monetized through YouTube shorts, then you have to get 10 million views. Um, um, over a 90-day period plus the 1,000 subscribers to qualify for monetization through YouTube Shorts um, as a standalone. But if you're trying to just get that 4,000 hours of watch time from your regular videos, um, then in that particular case, you know, of course, either making original content or you know, remixing your Shorts content into that um, is definitely something that you'd want to do. But you don't want to just upload the Short as like a like a you know differently formatted video. You want to make them compilations um, so that it you know so that you're playing by the rules. Science-Based Fitness, thank you for the super chat. It says, hey guys, I'm trying to hit my watch hours. Um, already past the follower mark, was debating making a new channel trailer and was wondering if running an ad on it is a bad idea. So um, instead of instead of um, doing that, like making a channel trailer, like all that's fine. But if you're trying to hit your watch hours, um, then in that particular case, what I would double down on is maybe like the cadence of your uploads, like, you know, how often you're uploading your videos um, or maybe putting together some like super valuable deep dive, you know, video that takes you a little bit longer to make. But let's say it's a longer video and you really focus a lot of time and energy on the viewer experience there instead of, you know, putting the video together and being like, hey, it's good enough. Like put the video together and be like, OK, how can I make this better? Because I'm making this like a, you know, 20 minute video. So how can I make this part better? How can I make this part better? Do I need this part? You know, just try to make something really good to where somebody that's into fitness that would run into that video would be like, oh, this is amazing. Um, so that they'll watch the whole thing. Um, that that would be the thing that you'd want to do. Or, of course, you can double down on making your video content. Um, but in terms of like running ads for it, um, yeah, that that's I wouldn't do that um, in order to, you know, try to get into, uh, you know, to try to hit those milestones. Instead, if you do it organically, um, then in that case, you're going to, one, ensure that, you know, everything is on the up and up and that you get accepted. Two, um, that's also going to, you know, be a good accomplishment on your end in terms of like, okay, I did it, you know, did it the right way without, you know, trying to, you know, circumvent the, the system, so to speak. Um, let's see here. Um, Six Shop says, can you use spokespeople on one's channel? Does that work to change things up? Um, I want to keep tweaking things. So by spokespeople, if you mean like, can you hire somebody like D to make a video for your channel and then you publish the video on your channel? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can do that kind of stuff to where you can hire other content creators to make videos for, you know, for your YouTube channel. A lot of people do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Of 
Yeah, I've made videos yeah. for for Uscreen um, for a period of time. I made videos for Tube Empire Buddy, Flippers. Empire I've made videos for Tubebutter, StreamYard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I make videos that. for TubeSpanner. Like, yeah, like, uh, yeah, you can absolutely, uh, you can absolutely do that. Um, let's see. Travis here. says Travis, I'm gonna hire yeah. D for my next video. Yeah, nice. Kiss nice. your channel goodbye. <laughs> <Travis>. <laughs> Hey, dude, I want to hang out in your in your like in your in your in your work area, man. Like dude, like all those video games and stuff. It looks I'd so never leave. much fun. Yeah, I'd never leave. I, I don't think it's probably going to be really hard to get stuff done in there. Yeah, like I'd be like, oh man, I want to go play that game, or like I want to. Yeah, it yeah. looks like it's just a big playroom. Yeah. Um, John Lewis says that they do biweekly content. They do video essays. The goal is to inspire younger people that look like me to be a better person and more understanding of others. Nice. The question is um, not actually a question, but what every. Uh, but want everyone to know to not give up. I make one hour long, highly researched video essays that get political sometimes, but very important to an often ignored black community. I had a video take off and because I had a backlog, uh, and that means like a backlog of content they can watch. Um, they went from 800 subscribers to 8,000 in two weeks. Finally got accepted into the YouTube partner program after two denials and two appeals and deleting videos. Never give up. Always get better creators. Amazing message there. So just to kind of reiterate what, what, what they're talking about or to kind of, you know, go deeper on that. So one of the th questions that we answered earlier was about feeling like you're wasting your time as a, as a content creator when you're uploading content and like, you know, things aren't moving for you the way that you would like. In this person's situation, they um, they had a backlog of videos that you know that got them to 800 subscribers. So they were making you know progress, um, but they had one video pop, and that started feeding the other videos because then YouTube system goes, "Hey, these people are liking this content, so let's start recommending some of your other content and start looking for other people on the system that are also you know viewers like these viewers." And it caused the videos to do well because he put together you know really good videos that they enjoyed, and then. And that ended up feeding his archive, right? And by doing that, that, that took him from 800 subscribers to 8,000 subscribers in two weeks. So for those of you that are like, man, I'm just waiting, you know, waiting for it. Um, you know, I have a video on, uh, I think I made it into a short, actually. I'm not sure if it's on my YouTube channel, but I know it's on my TikTok. Make sure you're following me on TikTok if, you, um, if you're not already. But um, um, the whole video is about like how one video can like change everything for you. So, you know, you might be in that situation to where that next video that you're going to publish, if you're, you know, willing to put in that time and effort into it, that next video might be the one that, you know, does that for you like this person, uh, you know, just went through. So one of the things that I want to, you know, make sure that I focus on here is they say they make one hour long, highly researched video essays that get political sometimes, but important to that community. So, you know, they put a lot of work into these, but people responded to them. And then now, bam, right um now they're you know now they're in motion and they'll probably continue to to continue to blow up too so i'll see here infinity and beyond oh nice good channel name great i was gonna say great name yeah that's good um the type of channel is inspirational uplifting and spiritual the goal of the channel is to inspire and uplift people as times can seem so overwhelming and to be monetized and the question is hey nick this is my second channel um viral boom is the first this being an inspirational channel should it be niched down to one topic or can it be for many topics being inspiration is so broad could you look over my channel and see what i mean please um so i'm not going to look at the channel but one thing that um one thing that you just have to make sure that you're thinking about is people are going to be coming to that channel for inspirational content so as long as it's inspirational content then it's good over time make sure that you're using the grouping feature in your youtube analytics to where you start to understand because if you're going to be doing different types of stuff like 
uplifting, inspirational, and spiritual to where over time you're going to start to notice um, as long as you're paying attention, as long as you're comparing things, you're going to notice that, you know, people respond better to, you know, one of these three types, and then they're going to respond second to one of these three types. Um, so just make sure that you, you know, are tracking all of that so that as people, you know, are interacting with the channel, it will help lead you in the direction there with, um, with that, with that content. Um, let's see here. Who's up next? Um, I fund Chris, I fund Chris, they have a comedy channel. Um, gold, the channel says not available. And the question is, um, how to send to YouTube, anything by email. So when it comes to YouTube and contacting them, you do have the support option down on the bottom left-hand side of your screen, um, inside of your creator studio. Um, but keep in mind, like when it comes to those types of things, like it's typically more effective to at team YouTube, um, on Twitter than it is to, you know, try to, you know, send like emails and stuff to YouTube. Um, they do have chat support, you know, at different levels and things like that. Um, but you know, adding team YouTube is probably going to be the fastest way to bring something to their attention i can't even imagine there's someone there that would actually accept snail mail that's yeah. almost borderline in mr beast video i wrote youtube every day until they replied <laughs> right 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 <laughs> the video would never get made right yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so they'd never reply yeah but that so, would be cool though yeah but for him they would yeah, yeah it's like yeah. i write him every day and then they reply to you yeah. with like a box you open it up and it's my play button yeah. surprise yeah it'd be great yeah for him he, he would send that email and then like the ceo would reply that'd be awesome yeah oh hey yeah. hey jimmy hey, hey chris yeah. hey jimmy sorry you're inconvenienced uh yeah well if chris said it'd be like hey chris we're really sorry whatever if it were Jimmy, like, oh, Jimmy, hey, how you doing, yeah, buddy? Hey, buddy? We're having a barbecue this weekend. Why don't you come by and bring the kids? Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> playing the mom game. Uh, playing the mom game. Um, they do decluttering and practical tips for busy moms. Um, the goal Love of the it. channel is to help busy moms simplify their lives to feel more organized. Can we have a declutter creator channel? Can someone make a channel to help creators declutter, please? What do you mean? Just keep creators. Like, I, like, I got like 10 boxes of cables over there. Like does declutter like like help? Well, moms that's the declutter? same as a declutter channel. No, but focus to creators. Look, I know you got cables. Reckon moms have their own like creators. We got cameras. We got old cameras. We have SD cards. How many cameras are sitting up there? Just at a glance, count them. Count them. Really though, in a lot of cases, in a lot of cases, count people them. don't have that many cameras though. C count them. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, maybe up there. Seven high-end unused cameras. Yep. And that's just and that doesn't one shelf. count the ones that we're using right that's now, just one or the shelf. ones that you're using over in your other setup. How, I don't know how yeah. many lights and light, like twelve yeah. light stands. Yeah. I got so much stuff in here. Yeah. Declutter my life, yeah. please. Someone, I, I can give me permission. I'll come in well, here. I'll declutter it for I you. I don't trust your judgment. Exactly. That's the problem. Yep, exactly. I trust a complete stranger on YouTube yep. to declutter. <laughs> I will pay you for your services to do like a one-on-one -on -one call to just like, do I keep it or throw it away? And then you throw it away. I, I can do that. No, you I can can't do that. Do it. I can. Okay. <laughs> Every time I listen to you, I regret the thing that I threw away. <laughs> right. <laughs> How many times have I told you recently? But that's not because I've told you to get rid of stuff though. That's because you've like came back and then you're no. like, hey, I'm getting rid of the stuff. I don't need it. And no. then there's just like a, no, out of all you. the stuff that you've gotten rid of though, you just needed like a handful of things. So you've still, you've still came out positive there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So I have around 400 subscribers. Let me find the name of this channel again. So playing the mom game. Time for um, a giveaway. Yeah. 
They, yeah, they have right. around 400 subscribers and have been attempting to use the community post, but I usually don't get any response at all. And sometimes I'm the only one who even likes my post. Is there a way to see if anyone actually sees the post? Is it beneficial at all to keep posting or does that not matter until my channel grows some more? So inside of your YouTube analytics, let me go in here and actually find the place for you one second. Um, inside of your YouTube analytics, you do get to see um, impressions on posts. Give me one second here. And I will tell you where to find it. D, if you want to carry this here for one second. Yes, yeah, so we're going to talk about decluttering. So people are talking in the in the chat. Uh, Tish, okay. the artist Haven says, I have cables from 1998. They're obsolete, but I need it. You're my spirit animal. Yeah, I think so. I have traveled with cables. Well, how long have I, you been over You might here? have just insulted them by calling them a spirit animal. I don't know. I'm not sure. I, you know, in America, yeah. I don't know what's offensive these days. Yeah. How long have we been living here? 15 years. 15, no, longer than 15 years. 16? I've been longer, no. Yeah, Almost you've been 20. over here longer, but we've been like living, living here. Yeah, like for like 18, 15, 16. Yeah, 18, full time. Yeah. So I don't know, say 18 years, something like that. I brought cables from the U.S., from computer systems and stereo. I brought a whole thing of cables from way back then, traveled, paid, paid the airline to carry them over here, and they've just been sitting here. Right. I've got a problem. You do. I have a problem. So in I'm order to find that, in order to find the posts and the impressions that you have on the posts, what you want to do is you want to go into your analytics and then hit content over on the far right-hand side on content, the very last tab. This is what I wanted to look at. I didn't know if it was live was last or if post was last. Um, but on that very last tab, if you click on that, it says posts. And then there you're going to see the impressions on your posts. And what an impression is on YouTube is it's how many times that, that your post has been shown to someone. So that's where you find it inside of your, um, inside of your YouTube analytics. <laughs> Looks like I'm not the only one though. Well, you say I have full, full six frame cameras and then three streaming cameras and I have two pocket cameras on top of that um, for top down views, three for my interview setup, two for main one photos. Yeah. That's the side effect of being a professional creator, right? Is you get all this stuff, right? You get, uh, you get all these cameras I've and you get like all these stuff. But the, the, the other side of that, though, is you have to find that line to where it's like, okay, when do I get rid of this, right? You gotta, when do we get rid of this? Yeah, when do I get rid of this? When you stop using it, really. It's when right. you should like, give it away or sell it or like, okay, whatever. Here's my problem. Here, I, so I've got a twofold problem. One, if I get rid of it, what if I need it? And number two, then you get another one. There's a scent, but some things you can't get another one of, like those cables from 1998. And two, like some things. So if you haven't needed a cable since for 1998, like I had I, for a perfect example. In 15 years, there's a really high I chance had, you're probably not going to need it. Perfect example. I had like original Macs, mm -hmm. and I got rid of them. Yeah. I think those are worth something. Okay. And I just got rid of that stuff. Right. So now I've got all this old stuff that I don't want to get rid of because I would hate to get rid of all these old cameras that mm -hmm. I've had forever. And all of a sudden, like, hey, you know what? Those cameras are worth money. Yeah. That'd be great. Or you could just sell them now and just get the money if for them now. They're not worth money now, but they might be worth money in like 10 years. Yeah. Like, how yeah. much can you get for some of the original Apples? Yeah. They're expensive. Yeah. But for those, though, probably not. Like, if you go and you look at those, like, um, like cameras that were, let's say, 10 years older yeah, than those. I don't know. Yeah, you're probably not fetching too much. I don't know. Yeah. That's there. There's the rub. Reed's Art of Adventure says need more stuff. Need more stuff. Yeah. There's the rub right there. So, uh, Lisa, yeah, I'm actually like at my place. Like, um, I, I don't even keep stuff like you do. Yeah. But I'm still at that point to where I'm like, all right, I got to start like letting some stuff go here. Cool. Yeah, just because it's, uh, you know, just like some of the cabinets are getting a little bit more full than I like and, you know, things like that. Roberto. I try to be minimal with stuff. You do. You do. His house is exceptionally clean. Yeah. Uh, Roberto says better to have and not need than need and not have 100 percent and if it's a business write-off don't worry about it the items old decade uh 
In terms of old stuff, decide what's collectible and what isn't. Focus on lenses, though. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm trying to figure like what's collectible, what's not collectible. Can cameras become collectible? Can oh, what do you guys yeah, think? Can know. old video cameras become like really not old sure. video cameras? Not sure. Yeah, I don't know. They they will the day I get rid of them. Yeah, I right. Promise you that. <laughs> I'm the same way, Christina. Like, Christina says the amount of HDMI cables I have is actually obscene. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I have I have a whole box. That like I've got HDMI cables rubbing all over the place from like you know connecting everything yeah. anyway, and then I have an entire box that is filled with like extra links and you know things like that that uh, that I also need to get rid of because I'm not using them. Yeah, well, I guarantee you, I'll, I'll be like, dude, I got rid of all the cameras. I did it, and next week it'll be like, wow, Sony's got this crazy thing with all the old VX 2100s. They're worth like 50 grand a pop now. Yep. And, like, or great. they'll just give you new cameras I'll because make, they're just looking for these yeah, for like something. These vintage, yeah. I mean, great. I got rid of them for like two hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. I guess thinking of probability is another factor of that. Yeah, I don't know. You know. So uh, Lisa Fluid Art um, Add Color to Life says that they do art content. Um, the goal of the channel is to share fluid art and inspire others to try fluid art, relax, and entertain. Um, the question is: free or very affordable editing software um, would be uh, DaVinci Resolve. Um, is the free solution that most people use um, if you are looking for something free. Keep in mind, it can be taxing on your computer, but you know a lot of people are happy with it. Um, in fact, our buddy uh, Daniel Batal, um, who you know he swings by from time to time. My brother streams with him um, over on the Streamyard channel um, once a month, but um, uh, he actually has pivoted his YouTube channel from Filmora content into DaVinci Resolve content. So if you are looking to just see what it's capable of, I recommend that you check out Daniel's channel, and it will show you uh, you know just kind of like what you have available there. And he's a really good teacher as well. Yeah. So, like, if you're trying to learn how to use it, then you definitely want to check out his channel for that, too. Uh, Dean, Nick, I gave away all my Star Wars toys when I enlisted in the Marine Corps in 1985. Mm, ouch. Not even going to tell you what yeah. happened to mine. Yeah, that hurts. That's like, yeah, I'm still dealing with the trauma of what yeah. happened to mine. Don't you have, like, a book of baseball cards that, like, our stepdad stole or something like that or gave away? Or I can't I, remember what happened there. Something yeah, happened. Yeah. Or claimed I, to throw away or something I, Yeah, weird. I have childhood trauma. Yeah. Yeah, yeah trauma. Yeah. I've, got, I've got childhood trauma from my Star Wars. <laughs> Jaden0428. Uh, do you remember our neighbor, how they Paul. had, like, an entire closet? So, we, yeah, we grew up yeah, next to a their kid. Their family had, like, like amazing vision of the future. Yeah, so we grew up next to a family, and the, the and he was our age, and we would play with him all the time. And he had the – we're, like, 10 years old. Yeah. Well, however you are, however old you are, or however old you are when, like – I think around that time, like, Empire Strikes Back had come out. However old we were then. So, I don't know, 10 or something like that. He had the foresight, and his parents, because they were obviously buying them – he would buy two of everything. If you remember, he would buy one toy to play with and one toy to keep in the box. And this is before toys were collectibles. Right. Star Wars toys. Back in the day. They back were in pioneers. The they were pioneers. He would buy yeah. one to play with and one to keep in the box. He did that with like Star Wars, G.I. Joe, even like strawberry shortcake stuff. Yeah. And my goodness, I did that kid. I mean, he's a grown man now, but he was if he kept that stuff, he was sitting on an absolute fortune. Yeah. And they would just, he would just keep it like pristine collectibles. Yep. Well, I was like, man, you're so stupid. And who's <laughs> laughing now? Right. He right. probably owns like half a Disney. <laughs> probably. Right? Jaden0428 um, is our next question here. Um, they, the type of channel, let's see here, they're trying to get monetized. The question is nothing. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there. Okay, so um, that's the second time they've uh, done that in the, in the form here. So Yoga Bliss Dance um, says that they oh, do. They might, what's their channel name? 
I'm not going to say it because they're uh, basically what they're what they're doing here is they're trying to get me to say their channel name and then they're trying to get me to say something else um, in oh. hopes that, I was gonna that, say that people might... will like go over there. Oh, like, cause, I... like what they're doing right here is like a really scammy thing on YouTube. I was going to say they could be writing in a language that's not translated. Oh, no, 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 okay. no, no. It just, right. yeah, what they're what they're okay. trying to do here is just like a shady thing um, with uh, yeah, with what they're what they're trying to do mm -hmm. here. So um, let's hear. So next up, we've got, uh, uh, let's hear, Yoga Bliss Dance. Yoga Bliss Dance says that they do meditation, spirituality, affirmations for women. Um, the goal of the channel says I want to sell my courses and have consulting. The question is, because a family member has been very sick for about four months, um, I was making videos occasionally. How to decide what to offer to start getting more views. My views um, really dropped. So a few things to think about is one thing that YouTube publicly mentioned, and you can find this in the help docs if you want to look for it yourself. Um, if you just go to Google, type in you know YouTube help pages or Google help pages, and then find the YouTube section, start digging around there. Um, one thing that YouTube says is that when you don't publish your when you don't publish that often. Um, um, then the system can um, s basically slow down their recommendations for your videos. So basically the, the concept there, the way that I think about it is like when you're not publishing as much, you just don't have as many new videos going out that are being tested everywhere that kind of also help keep you fresh in viewer histories that then causes YouTube to kind of test some of your old content against people that are enjoying your content and all that is kind of my theory about why that happens. But it's um, it's definitely one of the things that they mentioned there. So that could be the reason for your, you know, the low, you know, activity that you're currently getting. But um, but one thing to think about when you're trying to, you know, kind of get back on the horse and, and, you know, move everything forward again is go into your YouTube analytics. Um, you're going to see the videos that have been driving the most activity over the last 28 days. Those are the people that have most recently interacted with your YouTube channel. So because of that, those are also the people, at least the ones that enjoyed your content, those are the people that are going to be the most likely to be some of the first candidates that are going to see your content when you publish it. So because of that, just make sure you look at the topics of all of those videos. Um, the ones that, you know, we're getting, you know, the, like your top like five videos or top 10 videos, the ones that are primarily bringing the activity to your channel, um, go look at those videos and just start thinking of video topics that you can put together. That would be a perfect fit for people that are interacting with those videos and then start there. And then as you start publishing again on a regular basis and all of that, then you should snap back into place and, you know, start thriving again. Um, but for now I would just focus on going to your analytics, just go into that quick view. You don't have to go into advanced mode. Just look at that quick view that they give you and then scroll down the page. And then you're going to see all the videos that are, you know, bringing the most activity to your channel. Um, let's see here. Next up on our list, we've got Paranormal Truth Seekers. Paranormal Truth Seekers um, says they do t paranormal vlog formats. The goal is to grow and to get known on YouTube. The question is how to get um, interaction, likes, and subscribers for a channel over a year old with 60 videos. So all of that is going to come when people are interacting more with your content. So I looked at your channel a little bit earlier when you asked, uh, when you dropped a super chat, I think it was. Um, so in, at that particular time, um, you know, I saw that like some of the view counts and stuff, like once those start scaling up, more, um, then you'll have more of that activity in your channel. Of course, asking for things in a non-intrusive way um, by just having a little graphic that pops up on the screen or, you know, something like that. That's why you see so many YouTubers will have a little subscribe thing that comes up and just has that little reminder to subscribe and then it disappears. And they'll just randomly put them in the videos. Um, the reason for that is because it's just that little nudge to help people remember that like, oh yeah, hey, I'm enjoying this. So yeah, I'm going to subscribe to the channel. And the whole idea there is like, if you make good videos and people are engaged in your videos, like they're focused on your video. Us as YouTubers, 
we're thinking about it like we're content creators so we're thinking like subscribe follow like you know like what's going on but like for you know just a regular viewer they're just thinking about the content like am i enjoying this or not like that's it <laughs> so um because of that when you put those little nudges in there um it is it's it's proven um to cause people to convert um, more into a subscriber so um so by using those types of things um it can be helpful there but scale in terms of like, you know, just focusing more on, instead of focusing on like how to get more likes and how to get more subscribers, focus more on like, how can I add more value to the people that are interacting with my content in terms of, you know, giving them, you know, better information, being more clear with the information, not doing things in the videos to waste their time, you know, those types of things. Focusing on those activities um, will also help, you know, basically an awesome viewer experience will translate into more people subscribing, liking, commenting, and so on. Um, nomadic introvert. Thank you for the super chat says, Nick, I want to thank you for Nick. I want to thank you for everything that you've done for content creators. I've been following you for over three years now. I'm successful because of your awesome tips and advice. Thank you. High five and fist bump to you. Glad to see that you are doing well. Glad to see that, um, that you've been on the platform for a while that you're still going, you're still, you know, doing the thing, you know, a lot of people, you know, after a, a period of time, you know, they'll just kind of like just stop doing the thing. So it's awesome that you're like, Hey, still going strong, still rocking. Um, so congratulations to you for that. And, um, you know, just for, you know, thriving, you know, on the platform and continuing to do the thing. And I'm glad that you've, you know, enjoyed the content and that you've gotten, uh, that you've gotten value from it. So thank you. Uh, thank you for that. Um, let's see here. So next up on the list here, we've got uh, fish head videos. It sounds like a good time. Love it. Yeah. Fish head videos. Count they, me in. They, right. I'll take two, please. Um, the type of channel is fishing, camping, cooking, and homestead. The goal of the channel is fun times, eventually make an income. And the question is, how can I get watch time during live streams to count towards my 4,000? It only counts the hours from views after it's published. It doesn't. So when you are live streaming, the live watch time counts and the um, replay watch time counts as well. So as long as you have people interacting while you're live, then, you know, if it's one person, then you're getting the watch time from that one person. If it's 100 people, you're getting the watch time from them. If it's 1,000 people, you're getting the watch time from them. Uh, let's see here. Next up uh, is Dawson like the channel name clever they do gaming and reaction content the goal is to grow a strong community and the question is i've been posting shorts for about two weeks now and at the beginning every short has been getting thousands of views and lots of positive comments and likes but after a week new shorts aren't getting any views and now not ending up in the shorts feed what happened are my shorts just garbage now so keep in mind as you know more and more people start using youtube shorts which this has been happening for you know since they've introduced the feature but as more and more people are using it it's getting or uploading content into the shorts feed it's getting more and more competitive. So because of that, it's it's going to increasingly get more difficult to get results out of YouTube shorts because it's going to increasingly have more and more people over time, you know, that are um, uploading really good content into YouTube shorts. And the more people that are, um, that are, you know, uploading, uh, you know, good quality shorts for every one of those, it makes it harder for somebody that, you know, that is trying to learn how to make, you know, really good shorts. So, um, so because of that, just embrace the grind there and, um, and just focus on, you know, trying to make the best possible shorts that you can to create a great experience for the people that are going to see your content in YouTube shorts. Christina Smallhorn says, is it bad to never ask for subscribers? Um, I don't think so. Like, you know, if you're, you're like, you're in a position like I am, Christina, to where it's like, you know, like you're like, like you're probably like, you know, happy that, you know, that you've got your play button already. And like, you know, you get views on your videos and like, you're doing the thing, right? Like you're doing the thing. You've been doing the thing for a while. You know that. So like, you don't have to like necessarily like prove yourself in terms of like subscriber counts. So because of that, 
that you can just focus all of your efforts on like, hey, I'm just going to make good videos for people and I'm just going to add value without, you know, needing to do those types of things. And then the people that want to subscribe will versus, you know, trying to prompt everybody that comes through to like subscribe as much as possible. So, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad thing if that subscriber count isn't, you know, like the most important thing to you or if you're not trying to hit milestones or something like that. But if you're like, hey, um, I'm at 246,000 subscribers right now, which you are, and I want to get to a million as fast as I possibly can, then in that case, I think not asking for subscribers somewhere in your video, even if it's with a little graphic to remind them like later in your video or halfway through your video, um, I think that if you are gunning for those milestones um, and you're not asking, that you're doing yourself a disservice. I've seen a lot of people um, had discussions on Reddit and Twitter where they'll say things like they notice a significant difference in subscribers per video when they ask versus when they didn't ask. Oh, yeah. Go look at my social blade, my subscriber count. Same you thing. can track it. You can track it. You can track so, it. Like I stopped asking here and then, you know, like you can trail the subscriber right. count. Yeah, just trail right. off. Right. So there's yeah. something to be said about that. But at the same time, same time. I have never subscribed to a channel because they told me to subscribe. I have. Have you? Yeah, still do. I subscribe yeah. because I like the content. Like, yeah. I'm not going to subscribe. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, I, subscribe I do because, because I like, like it. for me, it helps me remember. Mm -hmm. Like, because like when I'm watching videos, I'm not really thinking about it. But yeah. when I see that, just how my brain works, like when I see that, then um, if it's a graphic or they tell me that I'm like, oh, yeah. And, and then I'll subscribe. I to subscribe if I like it. If I like it. Yeah. I like, oh, yeah, they're cool. Yeah, I, I, I will like too. Yeah. But like those prompts just help me uh, help me remember to do yeah. it. So, yeah. So anyway, your social blade talks about it. I've seen people talking about it on Twitter. I've seen yeah. people talking about it on Reddit, showing stats, asking versus not asking. Yeah, it's significant yeah. difference. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you know, you, you, you know, you've done Internet marketing. So like the, you know, like the power of a call, call to, to action, action it's a call right? to action, right. the power of a call to action is is proven in everything, I think even in like sales, face to face the, sales. If you never ask for the sale, right. then you're going to just walk around or, you know, like, you know, you're going to do all your presentations hoping for like lay downs or easy sales. But if you're in there and you're like closing people all the time, you're going to get more sales because right. then you're, you know, you're, you're closing people. You're asking for it. I also think it's important on how you ask and totally. where you ask in your totally. video. So, and I've made this mistake early on in my channel and, and I've compared it like where I put it in the video. If I just ask someone to subscribe and I haven't given them anything yet, like that's a big ask. But if I put it in, like after I've dropped a little bit of value, that seems to help a little bit better. Right. Like I've given them something. I've given them a reason to subscribe. Then tell them to subscribe for my viewers on my channel. The mm -hmm. thing that's most effective is dropping a hook and then having my subscribe call to action mm -hmm. built um, around the value that they get out of my YouTube channel right. at the very beginning as right. they're coming into my video after your hook. Yep. After my hook. Yeah. Yep. So I have a hook basically saying this is what the video is going to do or this is, you know, what you're going to get from the video. And then from there, um, then, you know, I had my thing to where, you know, I'd be like, hey, if this is your first time here. You want to learn how to grow your channel, make videos yep. and all types of other YouTube stuff. Yeah. And um, with that, I'm basically hitting the pain points that content creators right. have. So it's like, yeah, I want that. Oh, I see that flicker you're talking about. See? But yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I you know, yeah i want that yeah i want that yeah i want yeah. that okay sure i'll subscribe right yeah so yeah so that's, any, yeah but, uh, yeah call to action somewhere yeah. i think roberta's yeah roberta says any call to action is better than no call to action totally yeah um so you let's gotta see. ask for it you have to ask yeah, for you it. gotta ask yeah if yeah. you want the sale you gotta ask for it yeah 
So um, so, here, so next up on the uh, list here, we've got uh, power wheelchairs, wheelchairs for success. Um, they upload every other day. Um, the type of channel is educational, advocacy, um, support, and guidance. The goal of the channel is to provide as much information and resources for wheelchair users. And the question is, I have a um, troller who subscribes, then unsubscribes and give ne negative marks, then leaves for a while. How do I find him or her and ban them? So all you have to do is when that person leaves a comment, doesn't matter if they're subscribed or not. Um, when they leave a comment, there's going to be um, um, three little dots over on the right-hand side of their comment, and you can see this on a mobile device or you can see this on a computer. Click on those three little dots, and then um, you're going to have a drop-down happen um, that you'll see. And then on, on that drop-down, one of the options is to hide user from the channel. Right. And when you do that, then, um, then they can interact as much as they want. They can watch your videos. They can like your videos. They can subscribe and undersubscribe as much as they want. They can say horrible things to you in your comment section but because they're banned from the youtube channel none of it's going to be shown um publicly so um so and you won't have to see it either so um so that's what you want to do roberto um, said this actually isn't the case um so you know this is this is a um, misconception about youtube or a myth about youtube so um it says here skashta um this information that you're using right here is like really dated information that's why you want to make sure you're staying up to date with this kind of stuff um so basically um when it comes to like comments on your youtube channel comments have zero bearing these days on your video performance so um you know the idea of like hey i'm getting you know more comments so therefore my video should do better um, comments, um, according to, you know, uh, YouTube comments are not factored in, um, when it comes to your, um, videos and, you know, the promotion, so to speak, that your videos or the exposure that your videos get. So, um, so just keep in mind that those troll comments, they're actually not doing anything, but causing people frustration. Um, they're not helping you in any way in terms of engagement. So, um, so that, you know, now is, is a, uh, is a myth on YouTube and, and don't sweat it. Like, you know, if you're like, Oh man, I didn't know that. Like, I didn't know that either. Like that was something that, you know, was brought to my attention as well well um, from um, someone at YouTube. So when it comes to, uh, you know, that sort of thing, like, you know, sometimes, you know, like you have the things that it's like, hey, this, like I watched videos and they all said this, um, but, you know, make sure that you're looking at like current content as well, because, you know, sometimes you can run into that type of information where it's like, hey, you know, make sure you're getting people to comment and stuff like that. It's going to help you. I'm sure I've got, you know, videos that are still out there where I've mentioned similar things, but, um, but that is no longer um, a factor when it comes to uh, YouTube recommendations. Um, let's see here. Yeah, this is a great point. Yeah, thank you for this, Roberto. He says, um, comments don't impact performance. However, they do impact how brand deals work with brands. Um, brands measure your overall engagement. Totally. Yeah, without question. Yeah, and also like, you know, if you're collaborating with people, stuff like that, they want to see engagement. Plus there's also the community side. Like when it comes to like your comment section, I'm not saying just abandon your commenters. Um, you know, I, I want to make that clear. Like, you know, the comments are like part of the community aspect of YouTube. So, you know, if you want to, you know, build like a, a community around what it is that you're doing, you know, engaging with your comments, you know, asking questions with them, um, you know, interacting with them, you know, through your comment section is definitely something that you want to do. Um, but in terms of like, you know, the impact on the video, video performance, um, it's not going to, it's not going to help that. Um, let's see here. So, um, next up on our list, we have Rhonda's lovely sparks ASMR. So I think we answered a question from her already. Um, so because of that, I'm going to, um, go on to the, uh, go on to the next one. 
So we have Dark Bites. I think we did Dark Bites, too. I think they left a super chat, though. Um, so here, the um, interview-focused podcast. The goal is to go full-time by sharing the yeah. best interviews for authors, makers, and creators of horror entertainment. says, I tried adding B-roll. Yeah, we answered that one already when you dropped it as a super chat. So moving on to another one. Um, this is good. So um, let's see here. We've got uh, Help Channel is the name of this one. Um, to help line cooks grow their career. Um, this is 86th. Um, the question is, I recently got an email from someone that connects YouTube creators with brands and asked what an agreeable rate would be. I have two questions. One, how do you know the emails like this are legit and not scammy? Great question. Um, make sure that you're looking to see where the emails come from. Make sure that Even you... Even then, they're spoofing stuff these days. Yeah, they are. Um, they're also being real creative now to where they're... Um, to where I actually have a video about this that I did recently. Um, but they're also doing things to where they'll like make a video private on YouTube, but then they'll send out you know the, the access to that video to a bunch of people. It looks official because it comes from a YouTube email. Um, but then you click into that video, and they're trying to get you to click on something in the, in the description and connect your account. There's like stuff like that going on, too, so everybody be very very careful about that. Um, but yeah, you want to make sure that you are um, looking at where the mails come from. You want to make sure that um, you are not downloading anything that anybody sends you um, because what can happen is they can embed stuff into like PDFs and, and, and zip files and that sort of thing. And when you open them up, then, you know, it gives them access to your machine. So you definitely want to make sure that you're, you know, not doing those types of things as well. But really um, what you want to do is when those emails come in, make sure it's coming from the official mail of, uh, of that website. So make sure that like if it was coming from D, you want to make sure it's coming from D Nimmin, um, you know, dot com. And you want You're or whatever company about to it is. put if my, my email if, out there. If it's, if it's road microphones and you want to make sure it's coming from road.com, right? If they reach out to you. Um, and then um, the next thing you want to do is just hop on Google and look for like that email um, or that website or whatever, and then do scam and see if there's any like Reddit posts about it or anything like that. So that you can at least do put in a little bit of work there trying to make sure that it's all clear. Um, um, and then second says, when we do get legit offers through email, how do I go about determining a rate for videos like this when I've never done a deal before? I got it. I got the answer to that. So go, go follow ahead. creator wizard. Yeah. So, um, so one to really educate yourself, like, you know, with more than we have time for right now, um, go follow creator wizard. Um, Justin Moore is his name, but he actually specialized. I was actually in his live stream yesterday. Oh really? Yeah. And, um, and he was talking about the importance of getting known for something. And he was talking yeah. about how, like, on Twitter and stuff, how, like, when people are talking about brand deals now, everybody's recommending him because he's known for that thing. I'm going to drop his channel in the, in the but, chat. Uh, but, yeah, go to Creator Wizard. His name is Justin Moore. He, he, like, deep dives all the time into, like, brand deal stuff. It's what he specializes in. Um, so make sure you check him out. But basically what you want to do is, like, a, there's formulas that MCNs used to use when they're working with, like, groups of creators to, you know, kind of, you know, tell the brands that this is, you know, what they're going to get. And with that particular thing they would factor in like average view counts and stuff like that i take a different approach the approach that i take is what is the thing that they are actually having me promote um how good of a fit is that for the people that are interacting with my content for you guys how good of a fit is it for you is it something that i already use um or something that i think that i would use if so then i'll actually request a thing so if it's software it would be that soft it would be keys for that software if it's a device of some kind then it would be the actual device like for example you see um, I had a few live streams where I used that in-stream device in order to YOLO box, um, in order to multicast vertically to, um, not multicast, but just to cast vertically to, I think it was Instagram at the time. 
But um, in that particular case, you know, the deal was like, send it to me. If I, you know, really enjoy it, then I'll, you know, I'll let people know about it. Um, but if there's like issues with it or whatever, then, you know, then I, then I won't. So in that particular thing, super cool device. Um, the downside is like on the, on the screen on that device, there just came this like line, like right down the middle of the stream or the screen. And it didn't, it like, I didn't do anything with the machine. Um, so it might've happened from like heating or something like that. But because of that, um, I just, I stopped talking about it. So so, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, this, you know, even though that's a minor problem, and if I send it back, they'd probably be able to fix it and not a big deal. It's still one of those things like it didn't, you know, it didn't work the way it like it wasn't as reliable as I was hoping that it would be. Because if I were to recommend that to you, and you're like, oh, hey, this screen burned out after like, you know, a handful of uses, then you'd be like, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to take Nick's recommendations anymore, right? So you just want to make sure that anything that you are going to, you know, do on your end, um, you just want to make sure it's a good fit and that you also try it so that you can make sure that you are, um, you know, that, that you're recommending something that you legitimately, you know, trust and recommend that people use. Um, another thing is that, um, Christina says that look for the sending on LinkedIn. So by sending, what do you mean? Oh, the sender on LinkedIn. Yeah. Hopping on LinkedIn, making sure that the actual sender is connected to that company, um, is also a really good thing in terms of, you know, the research that you're doing, um, for them, but back on the rates though, so what I factor in is I factor in the cost that I think that, um, um, you know, if it's going to be useful for the community, um, two is how much they are making like per sale, um, in terms of like, okay, somebody goes there and they purchase one thing, they're going to make this much, but let me look and see what other things they're selling there that they might be having like a much higher lifetime value of the customer. And I'll, you know, price things accordingly based on, you know, what I think it is that they are going to get out of the customer, or I'll ask them in the email or in the phone call that I hop on. Cause I always hop on the phone calls with them. Um, I'll ask them, you know, what their lifetime value is of a customer that I send them. And then that helps me kind of get an idea of, you know, the value that I'm sending their way. And that also helps me price things. Keep in mind the way that I do it, it's a lot more work than just sending like flat rates and all that. I get them on phone calls and all that. And I try to figure out exactly what it is that they're needing. They need exactly what they're trying to do. You're trying to drive direct sales. You're trying to drive awareness. Like, what are you trying to do? Um, and I get that type of information and it helps me serve those brands better. But because of that extra work that I put in, I'll also charge a little bit more, you know, because of that as well. So like, um, other things is like, sometimes when you work with, um, you know, companies, if you have long-term partnerships, sometimes, um, some companies that you work with will require you, um, or they'll recommend you to hop on like a monthly call with them. Well, if that's the case, then you have to factor that in as well, because then that monthly call is going to take up a certain amount of your time every month. So then you also have to factor in those types of things. So when it comes to, you know, pricing your sponsorships, it just comes into factoring in those types of things. And then also considering, the amount of people that you might be able to send them. And a really great way to do that one before you do brand deals, for those of you that are like, yeah, I want to do brand deals in the future, but I'm not ready for that yet. Start promoting things as an affiliate and that'll start giving you a yes. really good idea of how much your viewership is worth in yes. terms of like, when I recommend something, this, these are the amount of people that go and actually do the thing. Um, and that also will show you that like when you publish a video on YouTube, and this is another thing to factor in, is considering the evergreen nature of the thing that you're bringing attention to. So for example, if you were uh, like a hardware, if you're making hardware, you know, you do food, right? You do line cooks. So in your particular case, if somebody sends you like a set of like cooking knives 
and they're going to pay you to make videos about those cooking knives, or there's a really good chance that those cooking knives are also going to be, you know, available and very useful to people for the next five years. So because of that, the video that you publish today can drive sales to them for the next five years. Um, or, you know, the indefinite, you know, for however long your videos on, on YouTube, like people can find that video and they can go buy something from them. So you also want to consider, you know, those types of things when it comes to pricing. And then you want to just figure out your own time, you know, like, okay, how, how much, um, time is it going to take me to put this video together? I'm going to have to use my camera for this. I'm going to have to, you know, use computers. I'm going to have to use these subscription services to get music or to get B-roll footage, you know, and factoring and all that stuff in and essentially putting together a proposal of sorts based on all of that information that, uh, um, you know, that, that you, you know, that you put together. So, you know, think of it like you're, you know, you are making any, any brand deal that you do, you're making a, a business decision with that. So you have to approach it with that view in terms of like, okay, um, uh, you know, like what is this worth for me? And you also, if you do promote other things like personally, either your own or as an affiliate, you also have to factor in an, um, opportunity cost. So like, for example, because I do really well on the affiliate side of things, any video that I promote, um, as a sponsored video, that, vi that particular video, um, is taking away my ability for making another piece of content to promote something else, to be able to promote something as an affiliate where I'll win long-term with that video, because then I'll be able to make sales from that video for years to come, you know, that will just go right into my pocket. So, you know, there's also things like that that you have to factor in as well. But if you're not promoting anything as an affiliate, you don't have your own products or anything, then in that case, you don't have to factor in the opportunity cost because then that would be the, you know, the main thing. And because of that, you know, that can also kind of lower the prices of the people that you're working with as well. Very long answer, but uh, but hopefully that was uh, super hopefully chat. that you know sent you in the right direction. You got some super chats. Yeah, he's a channel member, so I wanted to just make sure I go a little bit deeper on that one, you know, you for uh, for him. So um, so let's see here. So um, Sweetie's Cat World. Sweetie's yeah. Cat World says, uh, "Nice to see you both. Um, I received an email offer to buy the rights to one of my videos for two years. How do I know if the money that they're offering is fair? Um, hop on hop on Google and start looking around for different licensing options. Look for different licensing companies on there. See what they offer. Um, and then Talk of course, to Justin too. Yeah." You can talk to Justin um, over there as well. He does more like brand deal stuff. He doesn't specialize in licensing, he might content know. licensing. He might know he, some pricing. Yeah, he, he, it, he yeah. might know. Um, so yeah, you can you can give him a shot. But in terms of like knowing what they offer is fair, like um, when it comes to that sort of thing, I look at this in, in in a couple of different ways. So the very first is like, okay, well, if I don't license this content, even though I made it, like, would I do anything else with it? Like, would that would it be generating money from for me in any other way, um, to where you know I would be getting paid for it? You know, um, if I didn't let them do it. And if the answer to that is no, then in that case, it's like, okay, well, if they give me, you know a hundred dollars for this, then it's a hundred dollars for something that I don't have to do any work for outside of like send an email and, you know, upload it to, you know, something else. So, you know, it comes down to, you know, comes down to that in terms of the, the way that I look at it for, you know, like, is it worth it in that regard? Like, would you have made money, you know, elsewhere with that content? Baking with Charlene. Um, thank you. Super Chat. Chat. My recent video is getting a lot of traffic from recommendations, which is great. But when I look at the analytics, some metrics are below average. Is YouTube recommending it to the wrong people? No. Um, what happens, Charlene, is when your videos start getting in front of more and more people, and this is why you know, you're getting a lot of traffic from recommendations. So when your videos start getting in front of more and more people, it typically pushes down the metrics because you have your videos, when you first publish them, go to the people that are the most likely to interact with them on the platform at that moment in time. That's why when you publish your videos, the metrics are usually higher. 
And then over time, as time passes, you have it to where those metrics will kind of start getting a little bit, kind of falling apart a little bit because your videos start getting put in front of more and more people who are still a good fit, but not a laser focused fit. And then from there, it goes into people that are like, hey, these people are probably likely to watch this, but they not may not be, you know, as likely as the previous group. So then because of that, it starts, you know, kind of pushing the metrics down a little bit. So videos that, you know, do very well or go viral, for example, um, it typically pushes everything down. That's why Mr. Beast does so well. Like he posted a screenshot on, um, on Twitter. I think this was last week. I don't know if you saw this D, but, um, on this particular screenshot, um, with the amount of views that he gets, you know, like, you know, hundreds of, uh, you know, hundred million views. Um, he had, let's see here. I think he stabilized around 75% on his audience retention. And most of those people made it all the way to the end. I think his complete I rate on the video. See, I did see that. Yeah. yeah, yeah I think yeah, his I complete rate on the video yeah. with like a hundred million views on it, which means the, the, yeah, the, just the, ridiculous. the, yeah, the impressions are, are huge. Um, um, yeah, he was still able to get people to like 60% completion on that video. That's insane. Yeah, or over 60%. It might be like yeah. 65 Yeah, it was or pretty it was flat. Crazy. It was pretty yeah. flat. Yeah. But I felt kind of good about it because he did have that drop at the beginning. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Jimmy, yeah. work on that drop. <laughs> Slacker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Get on it, Jimmy. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of that, like in his case, I'm sure it just comes from that next up. Yeah. yeah. Impressive, though. Yeah, super like, well, impressive. After that drop, though, it was just flat. Yeah. He held him. Yep. Yeah. Um, Dynasty uh, Trades in Five, uh, thank you for the super chat. Really appreciate it. it. Says, um, I was going to super chat more, but instead I'll put it towards joining the Niminati. Thank you guys for what you do for the community. One day I hope to have a career on YouTube helping others like you do. Also, um, did you find D's plaque? So no, haven't uh, haven't found his uh, haven't found his plaque uh, yet. Um, you know, hoping that it just surfaces, you know, someday, you know, magically we'll see how it uh, we'll see how it works out. Do you want to know something funny? Yeah. I was laying on the sofa yesterday yesterday evening i should have actually had when you were over uh um last week yeah um i should have actually had you go and help me dig through some boxes i so i was laying on the sofa that would have been a terrible idea well, i want to dig oh, through yeah. boxes. so i was laying yeah. on the sofa i mean before, and i just yeah. i just had like this idea I was like, you know what i should just order another play button i should order another play button and then send you the bill for it yeah yeah that's what i was saying i'm totally down for that i even mentioned that yeah yeah. I mean, it's not the same because it's not the one I earned. It's the one I bought. Sure. And then people are going to It would be the one I bought. People are going to tell me. But you still earned it. They're going to say, you didn't earn that. You bought that one. Yeah. Right? See, there's the thing. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? You got me. But here's what we do. There's we get it. He bought his play button. I mean, yeah, I did. We I'm, get it. And then we just say that I found it. <laughs> so now if I find it, everybody's going to think that we bought one. Yeah, well, you won't find it until my new one arrives. Sure. Sure. The, of course. Two. Of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm starting to get upset. Yeah, I, I want to talk about the play button right now. I'm, it's, I'm upset a little bit. Yeah. About it. yeah, yeah. I've actually already been in the. I've already been in contact with the company in the event that that does the play buttons. In the event that uh, in the event that I that I can't find it, or if I did like legitimately lose it. Roberta says. I've already been in contact. Like exactly what you need. Roberta says you can order a new plaque from YouTube. D. I'm planning to order a spare as a prop. Oh, good. Um, but as I add team members, I will get them one. Oh, that's that's cool, man. Yeah, it is. So your whole team can have that. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. That is cool. Yeah. Um, let's see here. So next up on the uh, list here, we've got Blake Cards. Um, Blake, <laughs> Travis says, just get a championship belt like I did. There you go. There we go. There we go. Who, who needs a who, who needs, needs a, a play, play button, button? Right. We want championship belts. Right. Yeah, that's good. 
off so. the top rope <laughs> right. to your head. Elbow drops. Yeah, elbow, elbow drops. drops right. Type yes in the chat if you want to see Nick take an elbow drop. <laughs> Blake cards. I'm not sure how, how I respond to a bunch of yeses on that on that request. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll stand up on this desk and come, <laughs> I know come how through, you'll man. respond. I'm talking about me. Yeah. I'm not um, too old to elbow drop off this table. Blake, uh, yeah, you are. Uh, Blake, right, maybe, cards, maybe. Blake card says, uh, <laughs> uh, the type of channel says we open free uh, football card packs and boxes. The goal of the channel is to become monetized and make enough money to pay for the packs and boxes we open and the question says how long does it take for youtube to find our audience suggest our content to relevant videos it can happen in your very first videos so just make sure that when you are publishing your first videos that you are very intentional and you are very mindful about what it is that you are using for your titles and what it is that you are putting in your descriptions of your videos because that is additional context that youtube can use to show your content to the right people so for example if you publish a video without a title that has anything to do with the topic of the video, then YouTube only has the things that are being seen in the video by their system and the language in the video um, in terms of the things that you're saying in the video to get context to who might be a good fit for that video. However, if you put um, explicit detail in the actual title itself, like for example, let's say um, what type, okay, you're doing, um, Football packs. So in that particular case, if you're doing football card packs, then in that case, you know, putting the words like football cards in your title um, will be just one more thing. I mean, in addition to the rest of the compelling title. So you have, you know, a title that you put together that is compelling, that includes the words football cards. By doing that, you're adding that one more layer of additional context for the system that it's about football cards. So it's that layer of clarity. In addition to that, you do the same exact thing in your description where you write the details about the video and you, you know, mention that, you know, it's something about, you know, football cards or, you know, the specific football cards that you're looking at or, you know, something like that. You just tell the details of the video um, and you mention that language there as well. And that's one more thing that, you know, the system will use to just gain additional context um, to help kind of fine tune, um, you know, the, the, the information that it has. So there's some discussion here on the chat whether I should do the elbow drop or not. Nikki, Nikki in here, little crafty nook. Uh, she says, I'm a nurse. So as a hey, nurse. Hey, we got a nurse in the house. So yeah, if I get injured, she can help. So my question to you as a nurse. <laughs> okay, he's not he's not breathing. What do I do? Yeah, so my She's question. She's in the chat like, okay, first. <laughs> do, yeah. First. Everybody else be quiet. I'm trying to talk to her. First, yeah. get a giant plastic bag and some <laughs> ammonia. Right. Now, Nick, uh, so my question to you as a nurse is, do you think I'm too old to go off the top of the desk here? Yeah. To, oh. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god! I seriously, I can, I'm not a nurse, but I, I can answer that question. I wouldn't get off the sofa for a week. Yeah, if that, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, well, I'm, I'm where's in, D? Yeah, well, he's just been inside for the last two months. He's recovering I'm, from a bunch of broken bones. I just injured myself thinking about it. Yeah, bro <laughs> bro broken hips. Hey, we got Six Shop in here encouraging oh you. Six Shop is like, no, you can do it. Yeah, yeah, you can do it. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm injured. I'm gonna limp yeah, out yeah. of here. Yeah, you know what? Maybe you can. It. Maybe you can do it. Yeah. yeah, maybe you can. Yeah, we should, we should try that. <laughs> So on that oh note, I want to thank goodness. everybody for uh, for hanging out today. Thank you so much for uh, for hanging out during chat. the uh, stream today. Super appreciated. Um, I'm going to answer this question here really yep. quick. Says um, and this is from Pixie Dust Traveler says, "Is the music in the community uh, YouTube app copyright free? I used one and got a copyright strike. Could this be an error?" So when it comes to music on YouTube, um, it's extremely complicated. So if you are using a song for a short and then you assign that song when you're uploading the short or whatever, then you're fine there. Um, but if you are using like their creator music, then you have, you know, additional things that you have to keep in mind there. Can I, so, 
Can I jump on this? Yeah, I'm going to simplify this really quickly. It's very important when you're using YouTube music. They have music for shorts, and you use it on shorts. They have music for your long-form content that doesn't go on the shorts. But when you're using the long-form content, if you're using the free content, you want to make sure... If you're choosing music, some of them will need what's called attribution, which is credit. Now, you can sort those inside of YouTube Music, no attribution or attribution. So you may have used something that required attribution, and you didn't get it, thus the copyright claim. But you can also use creator music, something that we have, and not have any problems with that. Yep. There you go. Boom. There we go. So, yeah, so thank you so much for hanging out. Um, thank you for spending your time with us today. Um, uh if you are somebody that's just getting started with all this stuff, you know, keep in mind when we're having these conversations, you know, um, you know, there, there might seem like you have this like huge journey, um, and, and ahead of you and you kind of do, um, you know, if it was easy to do YouTube, then, you know, every channel on YouTube would be gigantic. Um, but you know, it is, you know, it can be, you know, tough, you know, especially when you're first getting started, if you haven't done something like this before. So if you are just getting started, I encourage you to just, you know, hang in there, focus on your skills and learning how to do this stuff, learning how to, you know, make uh, good thumbnails, learning how to, uh, you know, write good titles and just learning how to re- use your stats in a way um, in your audience retention reports inside of your creator studio, learning how to use those so that you can um, learn how to make better videos that people will respond to better. Because all it takes is one video that, you know, once you get everything, you know, lined up in terms of your skills matching, you know, the experience that the content creators are having at a competitive level, once that lines up, then you can start feeding your entire channel, you know, from, you know, those new videos that you're publishing. Um, But it can seem like it's a long way away. But, um, but if you just focus on your skills and focus on, you know, applying all the things that you learn when you hang out here, then you'll be there in no time. So just focus on your skills and focus on learning as much as you can about YouTube and how it works and all that. And really all of the technical aspects of the skill side you know making thumbnails you know framing your 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 footage um you know pacing your videos editing your videos you know all those things super important so just focus on those and and you'll end up doing fine over time but um thank you so much for watching d um awesome stream as always so super fun today and um have a uh, fantastic rest of your weekend and uh we will see you next time anything to say uh thank you Streamyard, for the nice cup we need coasters yep need coasters cheers (laughs) 